Hey everybody and welcome to episode what, 14? 14. 14 we're at of Third Man In. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Hickey. I am joined by... It's Charles. And... It's Terry. Terry's here with us today. Charles is here. We are all set to go. We got our guest Sheldon Surrey coming up in just a little bit. We're excited to talk to him. He's one of uh, Terry's old teammates from Tri-City, so it's... You know you're going to get a bunch of beauty stories out of that. Um, of course, we are brought to you by Head Check Health. A huge thank you to them for sponsoring the show and helping us uh, helping us out in a lot of big ways. And um, but coming off that, we should one of the things we should say is uh, Head Check Health is one of the, the the ways we keep the show going. And one of the other things is uh, something new that's happening. A couple of you guys, if you follow us on the social meds. Uh, have noticed. Oh, okay, you're gonna come <laughs> after me yeah. for using. I was that baiting nickname, you. That I was, nickname I was using. I was baiting you. And you're gonna say I was baiting you. But we threw up some pictures hinting at some uh, merchandise, and we are happy to say that we got merchandise in. Uh, we been order like we've been planning to do this print on demand store for a while. We wanted to get a couple samples of stuff before. We, because it's not something that we're going to maintain inventory on. It's just kind of done when you guys order it, if you guys order it. And so we wanted to get some samples in. We got them in. The quality's great. We're happy with it. So if you're listening right now, hopefully you're able to go to three of my podcast.com and that should be the store. It should have a bunch of other things. It's a place that you're going to be able to get old episodes and an easy way to find our feeds and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we are launching that today, uh, Tuesday. Well, this is uh, Sunday, but it's going to be Tuesday when it launches, and you can get all that stuff then and there, and we'll be adding new things. There's the dad shirt that uh, Charles was rocking on his uh, Twitter earlier in the week. It's actually the, the uh, I call it the Uncle Wils shirt. Okay. I've got an uncle named Wilson, and uh, he cannot... He just refuses to call them the leaves. They're the, always the leaves. I got a buddy who's the same way. He yeah. calls them the leaves. The leaves. Terry is currently wearing a third man in shirt. Which, See, I uh, just got it, yeah. It looks, it looks nice. It's pretty looking, sharp. Yeah, nice looking, blouse. Looking good on you. It's looking good on you. I like it. We it's can good. confirm if it's good enough for us. Eh, maybe it's good enough for you, too. If it's, yeah, if it's, good, <laughs> if, if it's good enough for us, it's, it's probably not good enough for you. But still, we're, we're, we're going to put it up there. So if you guys want to, you can go to 3mipodcast.com and get... I was actually in the process of like getting the, the domain set up and we're like, okay, let's hit record now. So uh, we'll be all set and going from there. In the meantime... We got a few things to talk about before we get Sheldon on the line. It's so our let's get first into it. episode into the playoffs, guys. I it's know. A, it's and our first, uh, first recording into the playoffs. This is my favorite two-week period of the year. This is the first round of the playoffs. What, what, while the, the two-week period while the Leafs are in the playoffs? <laughs> is this your two week, favorite two-week sports period? Are you including Christmas I'm and George Street Fest? Really? So I all the summer I'm events? Yeah, I'm including. I, I'm a pretty big Christmas guy because in St. John's. So this... St. John's Christmas is really cool because a lot of people you haven't seen in a, in a full year come back. They filter in, you know, to, to the certain spots, and it's a real good catch-up time. But I want to hear this. That only not... lasts three, four. Like you can only justify a Christmas tear seven, eight days. You know what I mean? Like I did. I did, a, oh, yeah, I did a Christmas full... would come third or fourth for me. But I'm. Are you saying we uh, we're in Newfoundland? We don't get much sun. So my favorite two weeks would have to be in July, August, or September, or these days, October. October. I'm, well, I'm a big October guy. Uh, it's good temperature. Okay. It's still, you know, I often say we get the seasons late here. We do get shitty weather. Yeah. Like this time of year, it's cold. That's why 
to me, I got to be able to do something outside for it to be my favorite time of year. But this is my favorite sports time of year. But getting back to it, don't you find we get the seasons late? Like right now, it's starting to get nicer than it is here everywhere else. But when it comes to September and October, we're still having 20 degrees. We're getting beauty. It's snowing a lot of places. We get really, really nice falls in Newfoundland. It's uh, autumn in Newfoundland. It's always like it is. We get summer late. And so a lot of times the beauty weather carries through. Uh, And but the problem is, is that then we don't really get a fall. It's like mm-hmm. we have a late summer that goes to like mid October. You get a week and a half of nice weather, and then it's snowing then by you, Halloween. Yeah, you flip a switch, and I, it gets. I, I might say those are the months that it's possible to be warm. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not you, guaranteed. You, you, you could get fog for three weeks straight, and you're fucked. Yeah. But in those months, July, August, September, October, it's possible. Yeah. That we can go outside in a t-shirt. Well, I, I guess it's possible in June, but I mean, and I mean, up. I've been I've been rocking uh, the nice lightweight three of my hoodie that I got. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, rocking that the last couple of days without a jacket, and it was it was all right. It's we're getting it's it's the thing of the hopefulness of oh Sheila's coming. I know, but I, I think I think for Chuck, I can throw it out and say it's the hopefulness of it is that you get the Leafs are in the playoffs. You know, the weather's yeah, starting if, to warm up a little Leafs, bit. Even maybe the Leafs, there's some... The maybe <laughs> that's our segue there. Let's talk about the Leafs Even the if the Leafs oh, aren't man. in, though, these two weeks where you've yeah, got... Yeah. And especially they've staggered the starts now, so you yeah. can you can hop. Like, they've, they're they always a half hour off between yeah. starts and this basketball season. Start and basketball's starting to... And, and it's early time of year for Jays. Yeah. I love it for all sports. Really. Yeah. Well, not all, because football's yeah. not happening. But in, in this little package, yeah. at around Easter time, is always great every year. And I, I mean, mean, what do you play for, right? You play for the playoffs. I mean, you... It always has this feeling of anticipation because, I mean, since September, we want to see our horses come home, right? So, And that's why, again, we'll get into it, but I, as well as many other people, are fucking blown away by what's happening in this year in the playoffs. I find it intriguing. The storylines, I don't know where the fuck they're going. Where do, where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> we start with my two, my two horses. I got every single person in every single playoff pool I have are from Tampa Bay or Winnipeg. <laughs> And as we do this, they're both down one nothing. Two nothing. Two sorry, two, two nothing. nothing. And that 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 actually brings me directly into uh I hope this is the right button. Okay, yeah, no, that's the right button. Okay, one second. There we go. Uh we want to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, because oh baby, what a fucking week they've had. They went on that crazy stretch. Like after Tampa went up three nothing in game one, Columbus outscored them the rest of the two Can games. Can I say one thing? Yeah, hundred percent. Here's what I want to say. We've been talking a lot about analytics yeah. versus emotion. and everything. Now, what does John Tortorella do well? Emotion. Everybody always quit. They might be, a, but what? You know what I mean? He He's a guy, if he, if he harnesses that energy the wrong way, he gets fired and someone fucking loses a contract, right? He can be, he can be I won't say cancer because it's not him. I, I no. like Tortorella, but he can be bad or good depending on how that energy is concocted and how yeah. you harness it. And he's got those guys going. Did you see his speech before the game that they showed? Yeah. It was a great, great, he pretty much said it all. You know, we're going to have to fucking work at this. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Numbers are numbers. Let's go out. We're a hockey team too. Yeah. And... This is what I mean. A lot of what Columbus are doing don't show up analytically. Of course it does when it's five to fucking one. But I mean a lot of the other stuff outside of the shot blocks and all that because all that's kept on a meter right now or all that's kept track of. Yep. But it's on the bench. Look at those guys go to war for each other. Did you see them chirping with uh, all the guys, the, the benches chirping yeah, at yeah, each yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are starting to pick up for each other. They believe in each other and there's no stat for that. Now who knows if they're going to win or they lose, but I like them this year. 
I didn't before this started. Of course, I like them when it's two to nothing. But yeah. what I'm saying is <laughs> the way that they're well, because last year they were up two to nothing. But, regard, but I thought last year was a successful year for them too. I know yeah. they ended up bombing out, but if Eller doesn't score that fluke goal in Game Three, like it, it, last year was a better year for Columbus than people thought. Yeah, and I, you know, they ended up. If you look back, they they were a goal away from being three games up on the best team in the NHL last year. And now look what's happening. I mean, emotion can take you a long way. And I'm not one of those guys that says, fuck analytics, because there's got to be something to be said for the statistics. I mean, I believe in science. I believe in statistics. But there's an underrated... Uh, part, part of the game, and and that's emotion. I can't believe as Canadians, I got to keep drilling this home, <laughs> but I do. Uh, we're we're getting into we're, we're getting too analytical, and the reason Columbus are winning is because they said fuck that, and they went out and played for each other. I'm yeah. gonna jump in. Can I can I roll my hashtag hot take into this? Of course, of course. I'm yeah. I'm okay. I'm not gonna say I'm not impressed by Columbus. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. They were in this. I've seen this movie before. They were in the same, you know, situation last year. I will say the difference between last year when they jumped up two nothing on the Caps, who went on to win the Cup. Yeah, uh, there was that, and I think this is their chance. There was that fuck of an afternoon game. Yeah, and they were up four nothing in that fuck of an afternoon game, and then it all the wheels came off. I can't believe they went on the road and what they pop nine, ten. They 10? they scored nine goals. Uh, they went. They were up. Tampa Bay came out. They started game three one, one up three nothing, yeah. and then Columbus went on a nine and out, outscored them the rest of the two games in Tampa Bay nine to one. They went on a they they scored seven unanswered goals. Even if they jump up three zero, I can still see them. No, because it's this year's Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're insane. But the but the thing I'm looking at is right now, Columbus came out. They took two games. Definitively, oh, yeah. like they ruined everybody's bracket. Yeah, fucked up everyone's like game. Like the, yeah. the the comeback win in game one was huge. Coming out with a statement of five one, and now Kucherov suspended for a game. But, uh, that's why momentum's everything. If they don't go on that run in the first game, they probably lose game two. Uh, and you could see when you're down to another Tampa. I felt for it, it, watching them. They were down one two three nothing, and. It's hard to get a goal when you're pressing, yeah. Uh, and when you're just not thinking about it, and you're that good. But guys were getting frustrated. Look at Kucherov. I mean, I'm telling you, they were. And Hedman was over chirping at the bench. That guy's injured anyway. Yeah. I don't know. But this is the thing I wanted to bring up when it comes to this. A lot of people, I've often said it. Uh, some people laugh at home ice advantage, but it really is. There are games that it really is an advantage. I, I remember my first game was in Philadelphia. And I was like trembling and not just because, not out of like total fear, but you're going out there against the Legion of Doom at the time and yeah, the yeah. fans really play a part. I mean, you almost feel like it's an extra attacker and you want to go out and play your game, but you got to really mentally keep it together. But the thing is, and when playoffs come, um, you can use that to your advantage. And the way that I would do that as a player, and I'm sure they are now, is y- y- you bond. You go on the road. If you're at home, you know, you got your wife there. You got your kids if you got that. If not, you got your mistress or your girl or whatever it is. You got your business dealings, right? You got your wardrobe. You got your clothes. You got all that shit in the closet. You got your PlayStation nowadays. You got whatever it is. Yeah. But there's distractions. Now, you pack a fucking bag on your back. You go in um, to Tampa Bay. You get together. You get every goddamn person out for the team meal the night before. Yeah, and you say, you know what, boys? Is because at home you don't have a chance to do that. No, right? So you not not a chance. I guess you could do it, but when you go on the road, you're forced to spend time together, and it's a bonding thing. And if you can, Tampa's not really. I mean, they don't really have a, a physical team, and the fans aren't really that crazy. It's not like going into Philly. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's not even like going into the Bell Center or, or Nashville. The fans get fucking crazy. They Nashville got, is yeah. like an insane hockey right? town. And they oh, got yeah. some where did that come players, from? Right? Right? They got it's some been big there a players. While. Tampa yeah. don't have Tampa are pretty well. They got Paquette. They got a few more that'll throw their weight around, but nothing that I'd really be worried about. They don't have. Um, that X factor of like four tough guys that you'd be scared to go in and play against. I mean, these guys, for the most part, Columbus just went and did their thing. And for me, it just says a lot about team bonding. And it's going to be some series. That's why you often look and you go, how did one team win or the first four games all go road? An example, when the St. John's Maple Leafs, their first year here, they made it to the final against Adirondack. Yeah. And uh, the whole series was road. Uh, St. John's lost the, the final game in St. John's in overtime. Yeah. Adirondack, that was their fourth road win of the series. Mm-hmm. So often, and I know that that's a factor, because when Adirondack were coming into St. John's, used to partying and everything in the regular yeah. season, now they come into a place that got some nice restaurants, got a decent fucking nightlife. Yeah. You get together, you don't go out all night now, you go out for a nice meal, um, maybe have a beer with the boys, maybe a cigar, go into your bed, think about the game tomorrow. And AHL, NHL, East Coast League, fucking senior hockey, whatever it's going to be, uh, often, often that road experience can be channeled in the right way and you can come out of it on top, and I see that in Columbus. Now, didn't I hear there was a team, I think it was last year, that went on a deep cup run that did hotels at home. Yeah, yeah a lot, that was a big thing. I was going to bring that up. He brought do. up the Flyers. Yeah. Uh, the, that used to be the Flyers policy like w- much of the 90s and well into the 2000s. That yeah. once you made the playoffs, you left you and... Check out, was, you go into a hotel, yeah, I, everything is treated like a road I game. I do believe, I, I'd have to check on it, but I think that Flyers team that lost in the finals to the Blackhawks was, uh, they were in hotels. They yeah. didn't see their, you know, their families or whatever like that. Saw them at the arena and that was it. During the, I almost was treated like road games otherwise, yeah. I yeah. almost feel bad saying we, but when I I was in. Uh, I was, got a chance to taste a little bit of the NHL playoffs. I was a black ace, and uh, I remember Alan Vigneault doing that. It was wasn't the. It was the. Whatever happened, they, they were playing Pittsburgh, and um, is that the Alexei Morozov series? Uh, no, no, okay, no. It was. Uh, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't. It would. This would have been ninety eight, ninety nine. Or 97, 98, one of those years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we went, uh, you know, when we got there, just uh, Vigno came down to the Black Aces. I remember him saying, you know, because usually the Black Aces are there, you know, you turn the stereo on or, you know, you get talking with the boys. The whole point is almost to make you feel like one of the, you know, you're kind of being groomed to come along. It's usually prospects. So the team was really bonding with us and they really made us feel like one of them. But I remember Vigno saying, okay, guys, they maybe this week we, we do less socializing unless it's with the team and you 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 know you, you come to our meals and stuff but let's not throw the boys off we don't want to know who you banged last night kind of thing yeah right because that's often what happens in the morning someone yeah. brings in donuts and it's story time and the vets come in oh yeah the vets come in waiting for the rookie stories right because usually there's more from guys that aren't married and shit so um, well, that's a whole thing in the morning i don't know if yeah that's a whole thing I didn't know that. most teams i was on you know some rookie brings in donuts and coffee and then the vets are there early to hear the fucking stories that the boys got while they're stretching and uh that's uh, honestly that morning slug time a lot of people call it you know you just come in and in junior say you know the guys that aren't in school so because People graduate high school. I mean, I took some college courses. Some of us did, but that's its own schedule. It's easy enough, and some people don't do anything, so it's they call it slugs. So you're going in the morning to do your workout or whatever. And a lot of these stories that I'm telling you on yeah. this now, and a lot of uh, slugs meaning, you know, you don't fucking do anything. Come in, get out of bed before <laughs> practice. You know, everybody else is in school, and, yeah. you, and you, you know, work out or whatever you're going to do. It ends up being a fucking chat. So 
you know, a lot of these stories that all you guys hear on these come out of those either slugs or, you know, when you get up to the show coming in in the morning. Because if you're a rookie, I'm, I'm fucking serious. I think I'm joking, but you need to provide stories for the boys. Yeah. If you don't, it really goes a long way. Yeah. I'm serious. If you don't, people start almost questioning it. They're like, what the fuck's up with him, TR? Like, is he too fucking squeaky clean or what? <laughs> people ask all the time. I'm like... You know, do they have beers in the NHL? I'm like, yeah, like that's part of it. If you were going out and getting shit faced all the time, I think someone would say something. But as long as it's not a problem, it can be often be used uh, as a bonus. I'm sure these guys, for example, are going out. You know, we'd go on the road. I remember in that series going to Pittsburgh. We went to Mort's Steakhouse. Yeah. Everybody went and had a steak and a couple beer. I think if you had ordered a shot or ordered six beer, it would have been different. But. <laughs> You know, that was just part of the bonding experience. Yeah, give, yeah. Me, give me nine and then, road yeah, beer. And guys aren't in the lineup. You guys can go out, green light. You better bang someone, bang a 10 and tell us all about it in the morning. <laughs> fuck <laughs> <it>. Just <laughs> like that, too. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. On that, though, I yeah. do have another so question. a lot of thirsty fellas in the playoffs. Yeah. Some sense. <laughs> but all, all that, though, I do have another question about this Columbus-Tampa Bay series. Uh, and... And it's and it's for UTR. It's that do you like how much of what's happening in that series right now has to do with the fact that Columbus have been fighting for their lives since February and Tampa hasn't played a meaningful game since sometime. I think they clinched the President's Trophy in fucking early September. It December, feels like December. Yeah, I think. it's yeah. like it's Christmas. The fact well, that, that they have. Can they, you say that again? I was watching the game. <laughs> we had a lot of feet on here. And yeah, I, this we, is the first time we've done I have this. No idea what you just said. <laughs> I was saying, do you think that uh, what's happening in that Tampa Bay Columbus series has anything to do with the fact that Columbus has been fighting for their lives since February or March just to make the playoffs, and Tampa Bay has been coasting all year, like they clinched the Presidents Trophy in December or whatever the fuck it was? That can, yeah, that can work for you or against you, and um, it's it. Put it this way, it works against you when you get down early because you're pressing, and then you're supposed to. If you come out, if Tampa wins the first game, I think a lot of that pressure's off, but now they're pressing, right? Now every single time they got the puck, people are saying, you know, show me the magic. Where are you? I want to see this 80s Oilers fucking record-setting yeah. offensive team that you guys got. So, and I find Columbus, outside of all, but you're right, yes, to answer your question, yes, totally, I think it's a disadvantage. And, uh, you know, Columbus are playing great D. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. see at the end of that game, you couldn't get a shot, or the last game, you couldn't, it was it was there four, was a, they were up by four, and still you couldn't get a shot to the net. They were collapsing. An arm or a stick or yeah. an ass in front of everything. It, it was, was something to watch. Not enough is said about a team that's confident on D. People always talk about, oh, their confidence, and their confidence is up, and it's always associated with scoring and confidence offensively. But Columbus are a team that's getting more and more confident defensively. And it, it's not brought up enough, but if you watch them, watch, there's guys out there that are trying to block shots because that's the stat that they're going after. Yeah. They might not get a goal or an assist, but they're, they're, or they might, but, but they're going out there essentially to play D and shut guys down, and they know what they got to do. And as I say it, I'm looking at the Islanders do the same fucking thing. Not that they don't have their fucking gunners. I love Barzal. Yeah. Man, that guy uh, is impressive, especially when you look at his junior numbers. They were real good, but they weren't. You wouldn't expect this absolute fucking magician. Uh, but, you know, they're out there now. As I say this, Sidney Crosby's cursing on his way to the box. <laughs> yeah. Just that's what these teams got to do. Teams like the Islanders, and God bless them, they are team tough. They are pretty good. I don't think they're as offensively stacked as the Penguins, but the Penguins got uh, aren't very deep. So that's the interesting thing there. You got a deeper team versus a team that might not be as deep, but at any 
five minute stretch I, can get I, five I, goals. I gotta yeah. ask this. So <laughs> back to the Penguins, and Mike asked a question about urgency. The one thing I've noticed, and I've watched a fair bit of this Penguin series because. Uh, I really like Robin Leonard. I really I like the Robin yeah. Leonard retribution uh, story, and uh, I, I really like he, he uh, at the end of game two he threw a stick out for a kid, and a grown ass yeah. man took it, and he was just like he looked at the man and was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, buddy, that guy," and like it looked like he was gonna fight a fan. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, how much do you think this Penguin series might be the fact that? They've won two cups in the last three years, and yet at some point you might have to move a couple of... Like, the bulk of that team has been a core on two cups. You might have to shuffle a couple of pieces around to get some hungry guys there. You know, how much... You've got... No, there's there's validity to that. Uh, Is that the word? Um, Yeah, I think so. I, I... like what you're saying there. Uh, I don't like to validate anything Chuck says, but I think that you're right. There is no, some validity there. there. there there's, well, some people would have a sense of complacency. I, yeah. I, I don't that's think, what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just feel, that's what I kind of feel like. I, I think that think, happened in L.A. Yeah, I yeah, that's a great right. example. I don't know if they consciously, but I mean, it's easier to, it's easier to ease up when you got two or three in, cups, in, right? In my yeah. yeah, and in my opinion, they've got so if, if they got every bit of mileage they're going to get out of guys like Brandon Rust right now. Like yeah. they that they got he's peaked. They got every bit of mileage out of him, and I kind of when I'm watching this Penguin series, you've got it's almost like the old lion versus the young lion. Sometimes the old lion hangs on, and I'm not saying the Pittsburgh Penguins are old. Yeah. I'm just saying they've been to back to back cups. Last and that's year, tiring too. Oh Jesus yeah, Christ! Yes, you know it's a tire. It, well, it, it, it's it, the NHL playoffs are the hardest fucking thing to do in sports. I'm convinced. Oh, hundred. I completely agree with that. And I think another thing to look at is look at say the Pats, like the New England Patriots mm. and the dynasty they've built. The only consistent pieces throughout that are generally uh, Brady and Belichick, and every other like. Yeah, there's each, a lot of moving parts. Each time that they go on a run and win, uh, you know, two or three Super Bowls in the span of a couple of years, it's, it's always a, a different kind of core, you know? And other than some, like, names like Gronkowski or Edelman or whoever, a lot of the times those pieces are moving in and moving out, and you've got guys that are coming in and are just fucking hungry for it. Oh, that's, um, I, and you I get think... a lot of, like, journeymen who, who kind of land there and stuff and... Well, I think that's a like a big part of those two Penguins Cup runs. Like they found Schultz out of a press box in Edmonton yeah. and dropped him into a, a cup favorite. Not only a cup favorite, but my sweet suffering, did he ever that that first cup they won against the the Sharks? Yeah, they had Latang out for the rest of the series. That man went from a plug in a press box to Edmonton where he couldn't smell the ice to a hero in the playoffs. Like he was running the show. Yeah. And I, you know, not not to not to take anything away from them, but it's like maybe that's the most gas you're going to get out of this guy. Maybe there's a couple of small moves you make while you still have Crosby and Malkin before they age out to kind of build around and flourish around. Like I'm watching them literally right now because yeah. the, the screen is on, and I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing much besides the, the the three big names: Crosby, Malkin, Kessel. Uh, Chris Letang is still there. Yeah. Um, I've got a quick question. Okay. Actually, go on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm just not seeing the supporting cast is just not. They're getting caught. They're. They're but not. The supporting stellar. cast is just not as good. Yeah, they're yeah. just not stellar. Not I mean, how could they be? But they're well, the same. The nucleus... But much, much of the supporting cast is the same. It's not that big. I mean. Pat no, Bonquist but Chicago there. and Penguins and teams like this can do that because their stars are fucking unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So they can still hang in and maybe even make the playoffs. But eventually it catches up to you. Mm. And what they've won on 
Um, between Pittsburgh, I find. Ooh. Oh my God, that's from Ooh. behind. Yeah, that Jesus. Was rough Pittsburgh, price. I find. How do I say? Um, their stars have really stepped up. It's it's it, it it's not one of the. It's like if the Islanders win this year. I don't know that that would be the case. Maybe it would, but they're going to have to be real deep while doing it. The, the Penguins have won cups, and some guys on their team, like dis, to, despite some of the way they played. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's like if the Leafs win. We all agree that at some point their D is going to sh- shit the bed, hopefully not four games out of a series. <laughs> but if the Leafs win, there are major holes in that lineup. Oh, yeah. They can still win. But the Penguins have done that. Yeah. Like, they've, they've made a dynasty out of less than the Oilers had in making their dynasty. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, so, but you always look and see Crosby, Malkin, Latang. You always look and see Taves, Kane, Keefe, uh, Seabrook. And these guys, you know, the Bolins have come in and done, and really helped them. They always have that supporting cast. Of, but these guys, a, a lot of the time, are just grown or noticed from within mm-hmm. because you got great scouting in the organ. And I don't mean drafting either. It's guys you trade for. Uh, try, uh, Chicago just traded for Strom, and he's coming out of uh, Dylan, was it, in Phoenix. And yeah. he's a great mm-hmm. scorer. Um, people thought he scored in, in Erie because of McDavid, but McDavid wasn't there. He fucking ripped it up too. Yeah. Now Chicago are getting some t- some scoring out of him. The Rangers are doing that with his brother Ryan. So there's three of those guys, right? Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and go rolling so, strong. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of times, you know, the great are so. And, and Pittsburgh is. I've also whichever goalie's been in, ridden great goalies. Yeah. And they've come up hot at the right time. Flurry yeah. has come up hot at the right time. Murray came up hot. I don't think Murray's as good as he played. I don't think he'll ever be as good as he let on in those playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, nothing against Murray, but I mean, some no, of those games. No, I mean, Mur- Murray played so well yeah. in those cup runs that he managed to convince them it was okay to get rid of Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, <laughs> to give up assets to get rid of Marc Andre Fleury. They sent a pick that way for them to take him. And yeah. that's that's kind of like, once again, that's kind of what I was saying. It's like there's, there's supporting cast members that I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are in, in a situation where they've got guys and more than one guy who can just say, all right, fellas. You can take a night off, yeah. hop on, I got this. But I think sooner or later that the supporting cast there, either that or you do a well, rebuild. The supporting I, cast there, I don't think it's there this something year. Something else I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk about players with less than spectacular teams that step up, right? And if you got one or two, even, you can make a run. <laughs> what a save! Oh, man. Headbutt save. So if you yes. got one or two, you can even make a run for it. Yeah. I'm gonna get shit for saying this. Why can't McDavid do that? Ooh. I, 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 if he, if again next You're year right. they don't make You're it, right. yeah. I mean, everybody tells me I don't think he's the best player in the world. I'm glad he's Canadian. I think he's the second best player in the world. Oh, don't yeah. tell me. Or, to me, I love Sidney Crosby. I still do. Until, until if 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 this so-called best player in the world, You're right, makes the playoffs at least. Don't call him the best player I, in the world because Crosby's taken teams. Now, they got Dreisaitl, too. He has 50 fucking goals they, this year. They wasted a 50-goal season yeah. out of Dreisaitl. Yeah. yeah, they did. So, But what I'm – yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. They've got those two guys. They do have some other parts that are okay, right? They got Nugent Hopkins um, for, for now. For, for one, yeah. But, again, yeah. I'm not saying he's great. But, I mean, he'd fit in on Pittsburgh. And maybe Crosby turns that – it's just something to me. You've got to – there's something you got to learn to be a winner. Alex Ovenchin learned to do it. Uh, he's skating harder now in the playoffs than he did five years ago. Yeah. Um, and 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 having Crosby, his peer and his number one, uh, you know, arch nemesis, I guess you could say, do it. Don't tell me he didn't learn from it. He did, and he learned how to be a teammate. So why I'm not 
so much shit. Maybe the but fingers. But is that why? Is that why McDavid's not doing it? Because with Crosby, it was always Crosby versus Ovechkin. It's McDavid versus nobody. I, well, he doesn't maybe, have that same I, kind I, of I generational if, if you're talent. Supposed to be the best in the world, though. I don't think you you need that motivation. I, well, you do have it, McCrosby. Crosby yeah. is his Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah but how, how, right. Last year, or but that's two, like that's like comparing like you know the the Leafs Habs versus Leafs Bruins or Habs Bruins rivalries. It's like you okay. know one of them doesn't matter if, to everybody. That, if most people, with the rival doesn't think you're the rival, it doesn't count. But right? mo- yeah, but they do though. Most yeah. people were. If I was to sit here and say who's the best hockey player in the world, the most names would come up would be Ovechkin would be in there. But I would think, if, especially if you ask a Canadian, Crosby, and but most people would say McDavid. Yeah. But what I want to say, just okay. It's three years, though. Yeah. Like, okay, if you are the best in the world, take the team at least to the playoffs. You, you know, at least something. I'm not saying it's McDavid's fault no. at all. I don't think it is. I feel for the kid, and I think he's going to win a Stanley Cup. But there's something to be said for learning to win. And it's just funny to me that the best player in the world is on a team that can't make the playoffs, and he's got a couple of supporting parts that are pretty good, at least enough to make me the 16th best team. Yeah. Yet... These other teams, Chicago nearly made the fucking playoffs again. I know they got a little deeper. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're battling every year. If Crosby and Malcolm weren't on Pittsburgh, would that happen? How would they do? Yeah. How about perhaps it's uh, we got to separate best player from best leader? Maybe McDavid's just not a leader. Maybe he's. But he's he's learning to be one. Yeah. Yeah. And. and, and, What's he uh, led his, his junior team to a to a non memorial cup? That's the one thing that bugs me <laughs> but, about naming your best player as a captain. It always has bugged me. It bugged me when they named Sidney Crosby as the captain. I remember when they named Sidney Crosby as a captain, and my pick was either roll no captain, which I think is 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 an underused tool for young teams and young cores, or Brooks Orpic. Well, Brooks Orpic, <laughs> I know, but I'll, okay, yeah, who, who got the game winner yesterday? I'll tell you why team? I disagree with that. Okay. Um, because I think McDavid, there's exceptions, McDavid and Crosby. They've had to be leaders. Yeah. I'm not so much questioning. I think he is a leader. I just think Crosby is one of, Crosby's up there with Messier and Eisenman as the best leaders ever. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to learn it. But he's he's a leader. Like, he's been singled out since he's 12 years old for interviews like all the time. He's had to put himself above the team, even though he didn't want to. In Erie, on the World Juniors. He's had to learn to share the spotlight. He's had to learn to have to answer questions after every game. He's got more experience being Connor McDavid and being the leader, even though he doesn't want to be even sometimes. But he's got that, whereas Kessel never had that. And yeah. Well, because they're grooming you to be the captain. And in order to groom you to be the captain, like, you know, at some point, if you draft Connor McDavid, he's going to be your captain. If we get a shitty team, let's do it right away so he'll learn. Sidney Crosby... I'd sit down Brooks Orpic and say, now everybody knows that you should be the captain, but this is our captain in waiting. Yeah. Now help him out. Sydney's going to wear the C, okay? Yeah. Right? Mm. So different than if it's Alexi Ashen that doesn't deserve it in the first place. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> right? But, but, but you knew that these yeah. guys were going to be the captain. So if they come into a shitty team, Edmonton made Jason Arnott assistant in his uh, captain in his first year. I know I'm dating myself a yeah. bit. It's the first time I ever heard of that. But I remember Arnott being assistant captain the first year. What did he end up being? A leader. Yeah. He went to Nashville. I'm not sure if he was the captain, but he was a leader. I'm on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but he was definitely assistant. I, I find a lot of guys, you just know it. And if there's one good thing about playing on a rebuilding team, it's that you can make McDavid captain. And have, by, by, the, by the time they're good, which should be... I'm, I'm not necessarily... I don't mean this... To be shitting all over Connor McDavid, but the question needs to be asked, especially if uh, I'm biased to it. But 
for a few reasons, but Sidney Crosby, okay, is my favorite player. Yeah. The best is so subjective that no one could ever tell you that answer. Yeah. But of all the good ones, he's got something. He's got that Gretzky and Lemieux in them. If you give him the, the timing, yeah. Team Canada, uh, Olympics, goal. Uh, how many times? His first game in Montreal, hat trick, fucking uh, water bottle off the net. Yeah. Um, you know, Gretzky, his 802nd goal, where was it? Back in Edmonton. Yeah. Right? Uh, Lemieux scored on his first shot. Yeah, it's just always and and happened to have the puck when it was six five against the Russians where he put it upstairs, uh, Russians. It's just these guys have a and the leaders seem to step up and find a way. Like there's, I, I well, it's like we were we were joking about it before before we came on and started recording today. We were joking about like playing rec hockey and you were saying how like in beer league or rec you'll usually kind of skate around with the puck and you won't shoot unless you're down a bit, but otherwise you're always looking for the pass. Sidney Crosby plays that way in the fucking NHL. I know. Yeah. Like that's not that's not you being a former NHLer who's out with me and a bunch of guys. That's that's yeah. Sidney Crosby in the NHL. He yeah, well, that he's level, made a lot of careers. For he's, people. he's got that level of just like turning it up when he well, wants to turn it up. Well, and that's he, crazy. That's what to you me. also need in hockey to be a leader. You yeah. see, the whole year goes by. No one plays 100% all year. It's too hard. Hockey's too hard of a sport. Yeah. I've often said it. There's way too many games. If you want to get the most out of these guys, there's too many games, but owners are owners and when they want money. <laughs> So uh, and so do players, but uh, trust me, if the schedule could be forty games and part part of the money, people would go for it. Um, Seventy four, I always thought would be the best number. You shave, I think forty. Forty. That's right. I don't uh, think it'll ever have the numbers no, that I never think. Get that. No, but it's just such a demanding sport. Everybody's playing injured, so you get guys like Crosby. They have to go out and work hard, but the playoffs, you really see them step it up, right? And that, and there's mm-hmm. no way to do that other. You got to conserve something, whether it's. If you're young, whether it's fucking not going out, um, you know, whether it's some people like Crosby, it's actually overtraining. Like normally you would probably ride the bike after every game. You know, you go through a workout regimen. Crosby now is just loading and unloading, uh, uh, loading and replenishing, loading, replenish, loading, replenish. He's got one job to do. He's going home. He's fucking eat, sleeping, everything hockey. Not saying that they're all not in that position. And they are. And that's that's the life of an NHL playoff player. But Sidney Crosby's got so much competitiveness and, and uh, uh, what's the word? Yeah, competition in him that I think you're always going to maximize, you're, you're going to see him maximize his potential. And that rubs off on other guys. It, it, so I'm not, when I sit here to go back to it, shitting so much on Conor McDavid, although I do find it funny that a lot of people, most people in the media just automatically say he's the best player in the world, where again, analytics... Yeah, I was going right? to say, a lot of it are his, like, yeah. quote-unquote, underlying numbers and all yeah. that They stuff. are, but look at Sidney Crosby and look what he's done in every team he plays on, and do you ever hear him complain? Do you ever, I mean, it, it's just, he's, to me, the Marc Messier, Steve Eisenman of today's, uh, you know, today's NHL. Outside of in? a lot of other things, but... <laughs> It's, we could never have a fucking game on while we're recording again because Chuck's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 this is an interesting. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday. We're watching Sunday afternoon's Penguins Islanders game, and also I've got the Cataracts Breakers game five of the Hurdler going on uh, on on another screen here at the same time. Anyway, I've never seen more goofy. That's bounces. the one one by the way. I've never seen more goofy bounces keep the puck out of the net than this second period for uh, the Islanders. I mean, like, yeah, like I saw just, Robin he Leonard just, just headbutt one. Yeah, yeah, he headbutted one out. There was one just then where I don't know how it stayed out of the net. It was, uh, it's almost like they're playing with one of those like gym bouncy balls out there or something. It's <laughs> quick, uh, quick question. Yep. Why does soccer in Canada suck? <laughs> soccer everywhere sucks. Nope. But this is the thing on a world level. I really want to know the answer to this. If someone can. 
Someone involved in, I've tried to look at it. Canada is rated, I just looked last week, like let's say 120th. Yeah. Like there's like Papua New Guinea is ahead of us. I know it's a different sport, but does anybody know the answer to that? We got training facilities. We got, we should at least be able to beat Saudi Arabia. Should we not? I, or like, do they, am, am I wrong or do these? I, I, I don't, I, don't I, 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 the only thing I know about soccer is I once walked across the pitch that the MLSE team, uh, what, what are they called? The Toronto FC. Yeah. I left a Bob Dylan concert once, got lost. Come on. It's the most popular sport in the world. I don't watch much, but I mean, I watch the Premier League and stuff. You guys don't know what's happening? Yeah. No, I have I, no I, idea. I, I've, I've, I, I literally I just, I cannot care enough. Somebody, like, it's just, uh, I always say, like, if I. I have a bunch of problems with soccer, not not the least of which is just the flagrant diving and how brutal all that shit is. But I have a bunch of ways to fix soccer, but it's a, it's kind of transparent because I think for one... Enlighten me, Mike. I, I have I, a bunch of ways to fix soccer. I, I, I think for one, the field's too big. Uh, so you make the field smaller, and then you got to make the net smaller if but that's what, the case. What, but then, why but then is if it the, too if, big? But, if, if, but if it's too, if it's for too, your liking, a fan that doesn't watch it, and we got millions of people I'm, around the world. I'm trying the to do a bit here, sport. Terry. I got a whole thing <laughs> yeah. that's just oh, the field's I'm too big. I'm not sitting so here rah rah soccer. I've only recently gotten into it, and that's why I want to know. I, I can't believe our numbers like sort go right back to it. But my point being, in the NBA, for example, now yeah. we got like 25 fucking too. NBA guys, <laughs> or in the in the Canadians, sorry, 25 Canadians or something like that. In baseball, you see Canadians popping up everywhere now in these sports that traditionally we didn't. I mean, look, it's snowing half the year here. Yeah. But in uh, in soccer, for some reason, and I mean, I look, we have we have a team Canada. Yeah, there's training facilities everywhere. We got a lot of people that have the means. A lot of these places you go and they just have a soccer ball and that's it. And I get it. I get the, the whole point behind that too yeah but i'm just curious and i thought maybe on a sports show you guys would have an idea about soccer but i'm just talking to the wall and that's not because <laughs> i don't know i just i i think i, I think the know. issue i, I just I, got into it and, and i think the issue is that it's not the same sort of uh profile in canada i it's think the problem though man. I, it's big like you said it's the biggest sport in the world it is the biggest but, sport in the world the yeah. but in that, north america the big sports are you know, it's it's uh, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Those are the big four. And I think because of that, anybody who has a lot of like that natural athletic kind of ability that in, in other countries it gets channeled into soccer. I think soccer, as much as everybody plays it now, kind of every kid coming up is playing soccer and stuff. I think it's not for a lot of Canadian kids coming up. It's just not the one if you're picking a sport it's not the one that the that that caliber of athlete is often picking and so because of that the guys that would probably be the the lights out soccer players are playing basketball or baseball or hockey because they're higher profile sports in north america I and, I, and I, I don't think know that anything might be about it, it but i'll tell I you think... this uh Indoor soccer in Lab West, arena soccer or whatever it goes by indoor yeah. soccer, fucking huge. Yeah, they but, get the Lab Cup. They, you know, there's so Rwanda they, ahead of us. Yeah, that makes sense to you. No, Ecuador. I mean, right? everybody. Like some like of it. these. I, I just, I, I don't think it's considered. Uh, I just don't think it's considered a serious sport pursuing in Canada. I just don't think. It, I don't really? Think it's ever go- yeah, the I just numbers outnumber hockey. That's why I'm saying it. I'm yeah. just reading these articles. Yeah. Like, like Mount Pearl, for example, where you know it's dominant. You, you got no baseball anymore. Yeah. I mean, I grew up playing both. It's dominant. Everybody plays soccer. There's more people involved in and so, Mount Pearl's a hockey community. Yeah. I'm guessing that all over Canada, it's mirroring that. If you look at uh, BC, Vancouver, and Toronto, the numbers are just staggering. There's more people in those places involved in soccer 
than hockey. I find it, and I know it's a hockey podcast. I find it curious, though. I'd love to know. Or, or, I think we're, we must be doing a real shitty job. Oh, definitely. With the money yeah. we got and the people. Oh. But, like, our number, our registration is in the millions. Yeah. Right? So how can Ghana, who, I, I'm not what judging Ghana on anything other than they don't have the amount of people or the money that we have. So how, how many people are in that country? But again, I don't know. I, but I don't again, really like know. You said, but Papa New Guinea, for fuck's sakes. But again, like you said, soccer's not about the money. And, like It just comes down to somebody with a ball. That's all soccer is. And so I think it comes down to um, you know the Afghanistan. idea. Did you know they played in Afghanistan? I did actually. No, I, really? I, I do know. I do know ahead soccer of us. is soccer is big. I didn't it, know they had. Yeah. I didn't know they I had grass I mean, in Afghanistan. Maybe I got. <laughs> maybe I'm because of maybe I'm media influence and my idea of ask Afghanistan is not people running out tape soccer moms. I don't pick picture <laughs> soccer moms in Afghanistan. I'm sorry. No, I just but don't. I yeah, it's isn't just, there a level of know. fear or is there a part I, of Afghanistan that's totally like fucking I'd say, utopia? I'd say Qatar is big on that list. Well, Qatar, Qatar, I can. See though, yeah, because yeah, Tara, I, I can see. Yeah, yeah no, I know soccer places is... that are involved in wartime right now that have one fiftieth of our population, um, that beat us and that we can't possibly have a hope to beat. I, I just don't understand it. How we're like number one eighty on the world uh, Yeah, I, how I, many I, countries? I didn't know there's that many countries. There is. Any, f- anyway, there's we can more go. countries in, uh, in involved in FIFA than there is in the UN. I think maybe. There used to yeah. be that used to Which be a bar trivia. Yeah. Anyway, next 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 topic. I, I hate to bring it to that. I no, just, I just and I had a whole thing. My whole thing was just this joke about how like that I used to toy with when I played with the concept gonna, of stand up comedy about how I try to make soccer better and basically I just wind up turning it into hockey. Yeah, oh, it feels too big, so we make I it smaller. Waiting, no. But then we make the thing smaller and then we just give them sticks and then well if you got sticks it's going to be easier to move it up if it's on ice and bubble and it's the whole thing. Because um, I think so- hockey is a much better sport. But that's just I, I'll me. tell you this: the athleticism level of all of those big sports we named off soccer yeah. soccer tops yeah yeah how many fucking miles are you running a match yeah uh, anyway let's okay. let's get I'm, off this ramp let's yeah, get no, let's, let's next l- topic hey you guys are the ones keep bringing it up you don't know anything <laughs> you both said you knew jack shit about it and every time i say let's move off you go back to it you know nothing about the sport or or my I question played soccer i played soccer as no, a kid hey, I was you a played fucking soccer yeah okay you played as a kid yeah okay enough but we all, I played as a kid, too. I, I had was a on my junior high team. So do you think that you are in authority to talk about the size of the field? <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. It was well, a joke. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, but I'm not in authority to talk about any hockey Look, shit, either. Have you seen still, me play? You've seen me play hockey. I shouldn't it. be talking to anybody about hockey. Fellas, let's, let's, how about we talk? Uh, on to the next topic. Yeah, one thing. We're we going to do our intentional offside? I got an intentional offside. <laughs> sure, yes. Go for it. Go yes. for it, because I, I don't have our guest number. No, no, so I don't have our guest number, and it was, I was going to wake him up with the phone call. So now I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, this, yeah, go this ahead. This segment is called The Wake Up Call yeah. with our guests. Oh, groggily fuck. answering <laughs> questions. All right. What's your offside? <laughs> Nazim, you guys are going to be listening to this on, uh, well, I guess you'll be listening to this on Tuesdays when we usually yeah. do it. So God knows where the goddamn Bruins Leafs series is going to be by then. Nazim Kadri. It's going to be in Toronto, isn't it? That's where it's going to be? Uh, zing. Nazim Kadri. Yep. Sweet suffering <laughs> Jesus. What was he thinking last night? I you you it's been everywhere today. It, yeah, I mean, and I it, I said this to you. This is a disclaimer. When I was watching this game, I was at the St. John's Curling Club. It was during a bond spiel like party. The game was on. I was watching, but I couldn't hear it. And um, 
I could, I was watching, but couldn't hear it, and was kind of in and out because I was dealing with a bunch of people. So I was watching the game, but a lot of this stuff that was going on between Kadri and DeBrusque, I was kind of missing and just catching in replay. There was really nothing. Okay, well, the stuff that was going on with Kadri and DeBrusque. It's just uh, playoff shit. Yeah, it. it's playoff stuff. The, the knee, the knee hit. Yeah, should have been a penalty. Should have been a penalty. We'll agree with that. However, oh, no, that's that's. I'll drink that. That's only coffee grout. <laughs> However. Uh, what like he 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 takes a stick and cross checks a guy in the jawline? Why didn't he just drop his gloves and start pummeling him? Why didn't he just be like, okay, fuck that, I'm going after you? Off come the gloves. Get who, five what, or with six who? with uh, Kadri and Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. Why didn't Kadri do that? Yeah. Well, first of all, because he's a cheap shot. Well, yeah, fair right? enough. So a, he's a cheap shot artist, and DeBrusque. Just even having known that his father was a tough guy, he's probably scared shitless. I just, well, even, um, well, well, the Bruce plays hard. I, I don't know if he's as tough as Louis, but just, he's, he plays hard. And Kadri is a cheap shotter. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that he wouldn't drop his gloves. I think if the situation was right, but Kadri's going to do it on his terms. And his terms is breaking your fucking jaw with his, with his with fucking stick first. And uh, people that still are surprised at that, I don't know. I love the guy. I think he's a, he could be the best third-line center in the league if he puts his mind to it. Or if he fucking plays. If he, he's yeah, not he did this last year. Yeah, he did. The, it right? was actually a year to the day. So it was if, April third. Yeah. Temperamental. It was April thirteenth, yeah. twenty eighteen. He got suspended for three games. I think three games. For he's going to go more than this. It's a temper, yeah. and they give him leash. Like so, if he's like that with his temper, what what do you think happens when things aren't going his way and he gets benched? Chances are, guys like that are yeah. always in the room. They'll probably fucking not be great. I, maybe he is, but I'm saying usually. If the signs are there, he's repeatedly, he knew. Last year, he came back from the same thing and yeah. said, I'll never do it again. I'm sorry I let the boys oh, down. He said at the start of this playoffs, yeah. the same unless, thing. I'm smarter now and shit. Yeah, unless the exact same thing happens and I lose my mind. I won't do it again unless I do it again. <laughs> yeah. I promise I won't Ooh. do it again unless I do it again. So what do you and got the suspension I was watching. At? What I do you got the suspension at? I, well. I, I <laughs> fucking suspend him for this. I give him 10 fucking games. Ten? Fuck that. Right. Yeah. That's a cross check in the goddamn face. Yeah. I would fucking lose my mind and, if and, he did and that And this me. is this is what you were talking about last week. We were talking about how in hockey, the, yeah. the you have a fucking weapon in your hand and yeah. and your first reaction whenever drop things it. get is get drop it and fucking deal with it with your hand. Hands, and that's not what the fuck he did. He used his, his fucking weapon as a weapon. There is more. I guarantee it. I know what happened back then. I mean, my day, I'm not saying it was fucking innocent of all, but you, you'd have to have your head up for sure. It was overall rougher, but there was less of that shit. I mean, the odd person like Bird Dog, I mean, that's no different than those stories I tell. And that happens all the time. Look at Josh Morrissey last year, too. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, Holy yeah. fuck. Ooh. Like, honestly, guys, I don't remember my whole career, my whole career. Now, I don't know if it's because I made room for myself. I know that's part of it out there. But I don't remember once getting cross-checked in the face <laughs> like Kadri just did. I'm telling you right and now. And I feel I, I like you'd remember it, right? Yeah, well, I, think, I think you would remember what that. What the fuck, man? What's a cross-check in the face? And I was watching that game, and I remember, like, as the game started, watching it and just saying, like, you know, seeing them kind of go back and forth. And I was like, man, I can't wait for this to just boil over and have them kick the shit out of each other. Like, I was waiting for the fight. And it never had fight. It was just a fucking. It was and it was just and again it was just cheap shot, cheap shot to cheap shot. And yeah, like you said, like there should have been something called on that knee on knee. 
That sure, something should have been called. So this but is, that this doesn't is why give you. I was bringing it up. And 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 Marlo was a little too close to the fucking. Was, I don't was, even. I don't even consider that. That was just. That's that, that was just bad placement yeah, on the ice. Exactly. It was just, he was a little that. too close to where the glass started think, for yeah, my liking. I don't think but he ran him or anything like that. I don't but think. But it, I'll, I'll say it this was a hit. It was just clean. It was a relatively clean hit. An old skipper today. I was. I watched. I rewatched the the hit on on my phone as I was on the bike this morning. An old skipper was on the bike next to me. And uh, he couldn't help but notice what I was watching, and he looked over and he yeah. said, "What's the, he said? You know, what's the difference between that and when McSorley uh, did the did the two hand crack?" He said, "The only difference, in my opinion, is it wasn't a golf swing." Yeah, so McSorley went out. He was he was looking for a guy to do that to. Yeah, and he said Kadri was looking for that, and he said that's why it's going to be a big big suspension. If it was just anyone any cross checkman space, maybe it's three games. He said, but yeah. the fact that he was looking for that guy yeah, is why that, you're, you're probably the fact that dealing, he was waiting to do that to Jake DeBrusque. I think you're dealing with, if it were me, I wouldn't throw a number of games at it, per se, as I would say he's done for this round, regardless, yeah. this round and a game of the next. So yeah. if this goes to seven, yeah, that's five Here, and one. Here's that's the other the question, way man. That's the case, do that the if CBA. that's the case, here's another question for you. Will we ever see Nazem Kadri wear a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater again? You shouldn't. I. I would. That'd be it for me. Unless, unless you know when his redemption time is. Whenever he gets back, if they're still in, and that's it. They'll. He'll have to come back now on on everybody else's terms because that that's the way I would look at it. If, yeah. if I was Babcock, and I mean he coached against me in junior my whole junior career. I got buddies paid for him. We talked to Padolin. Intense was the word Padolin yeah. said. Yeah. Now, if you got an intense coach yeah. that wants to win, that's being paid fifty million fucking dollars to do it, whatever it is, for to, to win for Toronto and bring back a cup since '67, do you think he likes spoiled little brats out there doing that? No. Do you think he enjoys that shit? I, was, I, I wouldn't even have him playing again. I'd say sit the fuck down. You're better off with, away from the rink. He'd be gone. No, not on the first time. Don't get me wrong. But this is enough, enough, enough. Yeah, and I mean, it's proven time and time again that this is this case. Last suspension, though, I think the last one, like last year's suspension, wasn't half as half as bad as this. Like, I think they threw the book at for that three game last year. Yeah, he could have got away. Like, it's very similar to the Kucherov hit. Uh, it was super similar yeah, to Kucherov hit, but Kuch got Kucherov, won. yeah, but Kucherov is also Kucherov. He wasn't yeah. a repeat offender well, and all that kind of stuff. Given the NHL's definition of repeat offender, it's. Uh, uh, you got to have a suspension in the last season. Kadri wasn't suspended last season, so he wasn't technically on paper a repeat offender, but they threw the book at him. Anyhow, regardless, I think we cool it on the whole trade talk situation. I, I Is it plausible? It was plausible they were going to trade Nazem Kadri in the offseason. Anyhow, given the cap crunch and... You got a couple of guys who are cheaper and capable to handle that third line center, and uh, are going to stay in your lineup. And, well, when yeah, you need them to be exactly. There. And is it is it plausible that they don't move him? Well, you'd be selling awfully low, in my opinion. Fuck, would right I love now. to fight him, man? I, <laughs> I, I would love it. That's one thing. Sometimes, you it's, know, speaking to someone, speaking to someone you'd love to fight. Did you see Avery's comment about it? Oh Jesus! Why are well, we fucking Avery. asking this guy stuff? I saw Avery on with Biz. I Biz did a thing on YouTube, and Avery hauls a smoke out of his. Lights up the dart, and I'm like, he's just trying too hard. I just can't. I don't. I can't get why into that we, guy. Yeah. Why are we still? I, asking he might even Sean smoke. Avery. He might even smoke. But he clearly wanted everybody to know that I'm a rebel. I'm James Dean. I smoke, and I played in the NHL. I get it, man. Whatever. Go do your rips or do whatever the fuck you got to do. Bang your fucking Hollywood tens. It's all good. I wish him the best. I just wish that I have nothing to do with it, nor do I ever see it. And <laughs> I right. just, you know, I, I, I do. I don't even know the guy. But doesn't that bother you? Yeah, no, it drives me nuts. I did. I fuck. just don't know why we're asking. I don't know. 
I, once again, I don't know why we're spending this fucking 38 seconds talking You're about right. Sean. Let's move on. All right. Yes. On to the next uh, thing. Here's, here's the Fuck. thing I mentioned just while we're still talking about the Burns Leaf series. Uh, one thing that I, I caught myself thinking about last night that I was shocked by. Yeah. Um, and that was I realized that I want who, I want one of those two teams to raise the cup this year. Like it's a Bruins Leaf oh. series. Obviously, I want the Bruins because they're my favorite team. But honestly, if the Bruins lose and the Leafs get through, it's the Leafs I want come I want coming out of it. And oh. I realized that Wait, it, it was a shocking. This like you had an epiphany. What are we supposed was, to do? It was, okay. no, it, was that, it was that thing of like, okay, no, no, it's Am just I supposed to give you a present or something. What are we supposed it's to do? <laughs> freak out? <laughs> well, who's third? Who's third? The Sharks. Who's third? I'm bringing my fingers together oh, like yeah. Mr. Burns. The Sharks. I, I, I go the Sharks. Perfect. But no, who's it was fourth? just, I don't know. Really <laughs> um, but no, it was just, I was just surprised to catch myself. I was just, you know. I know. I, I was surprised I, to to realize that during that series, I was just thinking to myself like, geez, you know what? If the if the Leafs win this, I'd like to see them go right through. I hope through. I'm wrong, but there's a couple of reasons I don't see this Leafs team being the Leafs team to win it. Um compete level you know i i just they get caught playing other people's game i knew four seconds into last night's game i knew that the leafs were going to lose that game and the reason i thought so is because you got the opening face off and then all of a sudden everybody's fucking scrambling to change to play lineups and i said i, I looked at my buddy who came over he doesn't know much about hockey i said i guarantee you there's a bruins goal off of a sloppy fucking line change in this game and of course goal number two yeah. was off of a very sloppy fucking line change uh, another reason is I've got kind of a death pact with my brother. If the <laughs> if the Leafs do win the cup, we drop everything and we drive, fly, get to Toronto, fucking hitchhike, whatever you got uh, to do for the parade. And uh, I'm just too broke for that this year. <laughs> I wouldn't fair. make it. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so I just, you know. Uh, I'd fuck. I'd love to see it though. Yeah, oh no, I mean, God. I think I you'd think just, a lot of people you'd, would. You'd but... Catch me running down Water Street in St. John's just running as fast as I can, which isn't that fast, and screaming without taking a breath until I fucking faint. That's yeah, what you'd fuck. see. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, on that, let's. Uh, do we have anything else that we want to get into? Uh, I don't think so. All Did right. we get a phone number yet? No. So we're going to change the guests literally right now. I got oh. a couple of uh, options. <laughs> all right. This is fun. Well, we, yeah, I know. It's all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a second. We are going to hear from the fine folks at uh, Head Check Health. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to somebody. Somebody. Mystery so guess. let's let's uh, see how that all works out for us. Concussions are serious business. Concussions and post-concussion syndrome had a huge effect on my career. Whether you're a player, a concerned parent, a coach, a risk manager, or an executive, they're a major area of concern. HeadCheck Health has developed software and services that improve the way concussions are assessed, tracked, and managed at all levels of sport. Their goal is to create a safer environment of play by giving better tools to the individuals responsible for documenting and assessing concussions and providing better data to administrators to make real health and safety improvements. HeadCheck currently works Works with organizations across the country like the Canadian Junior Hockey League, BC Hockey, Rugby Ontario, the Western Lacrosse Association, and more to advance their concussion management practices. If you're interested in learning more how HeadCheck can help your team or organization, please visit HeadCheckHealth.com or email info at HeadCheckHealth.com. That's HeadCheckHealth.com or info at HeadCheckHealth.com and tell them TR sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my pleasure to introduce good friend... And former Quinnell millionaire, Tri-City American, Prince George Cougar, Kelowna Rocket, Albany Riverette, New Jersey Devil, Montreal Canadian, Edmonton Oiler, Hershey Beer, Dallas Star, and Anaheim Duck, Sheldon Surrey. Sheldon, it's a pleasure to have you, my friend. 
Hey, thanks for having me on, Tara. Well, no problem. Um, as you sit in where, Malibu, California? Is that where you were? I'm um, sitting in California in uh, Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills. I'm coming at you from, yeah. uh, <laughs> where Where are we, Anderson Street? At the St. Alexand- John's? Alexander. Alexander Street in yeah. St. John's. Not quite as warm. Or tropical is where you are, but that's great. Similar neighborhoods, though. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's it's almost identical. You Sheldon's to... actually been here a couple times. When you were here, Sheldon, we'll get into it. But do you remember coming in with Albany and Peter Sikora giving my dad a stick? Yes, at your house. Yeah, I was saying, yeah, you do remember. You, he was into the Sheldon, and not, you know what? Here's where I'll start, guys, because we've had some guests on, and Sheldon. I think would be my oldest friend in hockey, at least from from leaving the island outside of minor hockey. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people that listen to this podcast at this point, if you don't know, I went in the first round. Fact, uh, <laughs> no, if you don't know, I left when I was 14. I left to go to BC to play junior. And I wasn't really sure I was going to play junior. I just wanted to play in the Western League or else I should say my dad wanted me to play in the Western fucking league. So I went out and... I get there and I get told I'm playing junior. So, and I kind of like the the only thing I remember thinking was cool was I got to wear a half visor, but everything else. <laughs> the, this there's the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League guys, and I've kind of alluded to it, Sheldon. I heard you on Spitting Chicklets last summer, and I nearly went off the road because I was driving down the street with an old team pitcher. Uh, I struck up a friendship again with Dave Laurie and Dave Standing and Spence. I talked to those guys. So anyway, boys, when I got out there, and the first game is the one we talk about where I got in a fight, fucking oh. hot sauce on my hands and rubbed it in. Remember uh, <laughs> Williams Lake had a couple of tough guys. But anyway, it was, you know, and then after the game, the boys got, all got on the beer, and they're smoking dope in the room, and Dad's like, holy fuck. Like, you know, Tri-Cities are going to take you. We got You got two years of this. Uh, so his idea at the time, he said, are there any guys that are Terry's age that are either drafted to Tri-Cities or at least listed, I guess. And uh, I don't know, Ron Coleman was there. I can't remember, Sheldon, on your side how it happened, but I remember your dad showing up the first day. I got my wish, and I was expecting, because I was big for my age, I was expecting someone smaller. And Sheldon comes in and just like this tank and just with no worries, it didn't matter, it didn't seem to scare you at all. Your first game, you got in a fight. And just we're right in there with the boys, so it really helped me. But Sheldon, talk about our Cornell experience a little bit. I wouldn't know where to start. Oh man, well, how did I end up there? So I was playing. Uh, I was one year older than you, yeah. right? I was fifteen, and I was playing midget in Edmonton, and I was playing for my buddy's dad on a Triple uh, A midget team. Was and that Mike Patno? Yeah, it was my buddy Mike Patnold, and um, so we're playing in Lethbridge, and uh, this guy kept skating over a red line and warm up. So I ended up getting a fight with him, and then in the hallway before the game started, I went in there. Uh, well, I didn't go in their dressing room, but I waited outside their door for this guy to come out. Got in another fight in my street clothes, so I got suspended um, <laughs> from, from from there. And there was you remember Scott Bonner was the scout for Tri City. Totally, also, that's, um, I didn't realize why so many guys came from Edmonton. I went to Tri City, and literally ninety yeah. percent of the team was from Edmonton. <clears throat> sure would yeah, Buck, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a. I mean, he was in Edmonton, so he was my coach in Pee Wee's. Wow. So I guess I didn't know that. Midget, and they said, "Well, you're, you're going to go play." Um, we got a place, we got a spot for you to go play junior. And I was thinking, oh, great, they're going to put me, you know, 
somewhere fancy, and uh, now I'm getting the respect I deserve. And they said, it's up in Quinnell. I had no idea where it was. They said BC. I thought Sunshine, Okanagan. Um, you know, it was going to be in the LA of Canada. And um, they said, there's another guy up there who who's this young kid, and uh, he's 14, and you know, they're doing a, a TSN special on him and all this stuff. So they sold it to me like, you know, you were the you were the, the hot shot. So I loved it. You know, I was going to be a kid around my age. And uh, I had no idea what to expect. It was so nice. And I went up there and met you. And, and we were, not only were we so much younger than these guys, we looked so oh, much yeah. younger than these guys. I mean, these guys had big beards, long hair. They I mean, worked in the mill, right? Beers, right? It worked in the, in the pulp and paper mills. It was just like, There's a toughness wow. to that. There, the you whole know? town, there was a toughness to it. Everybody wore yeah. steel toe boots and storm riders were what was cool. If you went to the bar, uh, yeah. Hooligans was the name of the bar, and if you went in, you were guaranteed to hear a John Denver song, and all the chicks would be chewing tobacco. Like, <laughs> oh, was, yep. boys, it was one of those. Yep. It was about they, to- they, were, they were tougher than we were, for sure. And so they all, I think, when I think it was the first game, and, and you might have gotten a fight, and I said, "Well, if this is how it's going, then <laughs> you know this is this is what we're going to do," and um, and and that was the start of it. I mean, it just went from there. You and I just became, you know, your your mom and dad had moved. My dad was close with me during those days, right, and was like, you know, yeah, trying man. to guide me down the right path. And then your dad was our coach, and your mom was, you know, cooking us. Uh, she was my mom away from home, so we, yeah, we. Uh, we started out together at 14 and 15. I would say for sure you're my oldest friend in, in hockey, for sure. Well, you know, Sheldon, this is the thing I find. That town, there's a lot of good people now, guys. And some people, like, there was a guy, Chris Spencer, we played with. Pretty good. And, Sheldon, you left the next year. And uh, you went to Fort Saskatchewan. I played in Quinnell another year. And Spence ended up making the All-Star team. And there was people that were rough around the edges that I think if maybe you got a hold, if a good coach at 13 or 14 got a hold of them. Dave Standing was another one, but he kind of pissed it away himself. But, um... Well, yeah, drugs and stuff, but he'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there was there was a, a sense of community there. Uh, they, it was a physical part. At the hockey arena, they packed it, but they were all chanting fight. I don't know if they were chanting championship at any point. Um, uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, there was there was that level. But what I loved, is when you came in, it gave, like, Richard, your father, God rest his soul, great, great fucking fella, had me over to, for a Christmas dinner when I was up in Edmonton a few years ago. Um, well, Richard realized that, and my dad, like, we were there for a reason. And I don't know if there was, there was other people in the league that, like, like, were looking to get drafted or, you know, Lenny Forshner was 19, but he ended up going up with Kamloops and winning a Memorial Cup. There was other people with the hopes to get up, but you and I were in a package. We were going to Tri-City. Guys, learn, get experience, but don't get hurt or don't fuck up. And it was hard not to fuck up, guys, because, it was you know, it was... There was booze, dope, and there was women. Yeah. And, and you're young, and, you know, you're riding that train, and, you know, your first experience of playing in front of fans, really. I mean, minor hockey, what's that? So Sheldon and I had to really learn fast. Now, uh, as the year went, you know, we had to kind of get through it. The first fight was a bit of a novelty. Yeah. Can, can, so, I, can I jump in here? Yeah, of course. Who the fuck taught you to put hot sauce on your hand <laughs> that was a survival thing like, like, <laughs> sheldon and i you got to realize we had to fit in first and foremost like yeah. that was the hardest part for me wasn't the hockey uh it was a junior a league but it wasn't as good as the bcj and i ended up leading the team in scoring like sheldon had good stats i looked at the other day on elite prospects we both had 200 penalty minutes man imagine being 14 yeah. and 15 sheldon now 
as as some prospects. I mean, it was only two years later you were drafted in the NHL. So, you know, and three for me. So here you are as a major prospect. You're, you, you know, you're part and parcel there, ready to go. And we're fighting so much. Like, we were. T- I took on every pot skin. There was six of them. Uh, like, and we, we, we really had to cut you know, had to cut it in that place. And I've often said it, it might've seemed bizarre at the time, but Richard and T senior knew what they were doing. And by the time we, I remember getting so scared of Grant Job up in Fort, uh, Fort St. John. I just like, I was a type that I just didn't, I, if I was scared, I just go out and fight him right off the bat, get it off my shoulders. Just get, cause I couldn't play with this guy. I mean, he was just fucking yelling at the bench. He was everything. He was a grizzled vet. He was, Everything you'd think of at the time, Lenny Forstner, these were like cartoon characters. And um, but anyway, I remember playing Rick in Seattle. Cousins. Yeah, yeah, Rick Cousins. Jeez, I forgot that. Chris Hawes. So, yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine. So, I remember thinking by the time I got to the Western League, like people, we were one of my first games was in that small little barn in Seattle. Seattle got two rinks. They play in the one the SuperSonics were in the big one. And they had this little tiny shit box. It was fucking, the corners were like 90 degrees. <laughs> and um, St. Bonds. Yeah, and I remember like going, getting hit by Brendan Witt and like BJ Young, God rest his soul, my roommate at the time. Um, BJ was 16 as well and he was so scared of those guys. And I remember going, fuck, at least this is on video. Like <laughs> someone will see you getting hit. Like I was scared that Grant Job was going to sh- kick the shit out of me out by the fucking bus out back. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, this is true. Yep. Uh, and there were people yeah. in the league that I, I really think, like rumors that they were 25 years old and shit. We're like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. But That's what working in the mill does to you, man. So, it ages you. But, but this is what happens. Sheldon, for all, I don't even know, Sheldon, the way it turned out for you, I don't know if, if, if I, at the time either one of us realized that you would end up becoming an NHL scoring defenseman because, guys, they loved Sheldon, much like New Jersey did a few years later to be that kind of, Danico type would, would be, but you know, Sheldon was in, in up there and like I was fighting because I was nuts and I'd do it. Sheldon was fighting and beating tough guys. Mm. There's a difference, right? He was 15 years old doing that. So we went in the end the first year, Sheldon, you're 16. You don't even fucking stick and try, do you? You went to Fort Saskatchewan. No, I, I had right before that training camp at 16, I, I was playing summer hockey and taking a slap shot to the face. No, so that I, what came into, I, I came in, yeah, I, I broke my nose and my orbital bone and had, you know, surgery on my nose and, and that worked out. I only got broken about 50 times after that. But, uh, <laughs> I remember going into training camp and we had Bob McCammon, right? It was, it was yeah. coach the Oilers and, and, uh, you know, he thought it was a good idea for me to stick around there for, for the beginning. And, um, I was 16, we'd played away, away from, when I was 15 in Quinnell, which was a, a long, hard year, it was a great year. And like you I know, said, but it was, I was it was meant it was mentally rough for a couple of fucking young guys. Shall we can look back at it? And, yeah, uh, fighting and and dude, the I remember. I mean, another story, I guess, for another time. But I mean, the the, the partying, like you grew up fast there. You know these guys. I mean, I was the same as you. I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. when I went to um, Tri Cities at 16. I was so homesick by the time it was middle of uh, November, end of November, that I went in and asked Bob if I could just go home and play, you know, um, yeah. tier two junior because sitting around and, and uh, coming off an injury, being a young guy, no confidence, homesick. It was just, it was almost, I would say, when I was 16, my first year going to Tri Cities and going back to Fort Saskatchewan, was almost like a breaker, uh, make or break year for me where I almost wanted to quit hockey. 
You know, we're just like, oh man, this Sheldon. Is, you know what? I don't know. Really if, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember that going on in your head, and you yeah. won't remember it. But your playoffs in Fort Saskatchewan, someone, I think it was yeah. McCammon, they flew me over to watch it because they said you're Sheldon's buddy, right? Like, make sure he's in the right mindset and everything. I don't know what was going on with you in Tri City. I have no idea. Could have been just homesickness. But they flew me over. Yeah. I watched that. I watched whoever you played. I remember yeah. uh, watching the game. You wore red uniforms, and it, it was the game that you got knocked out. Yeah. I don't know, but but yeah. but because the reason I bring this up, I mean, people listening to the show now know how it ended, right? I, I mean that in a good way. Yeah. I don't mean the injuries. I mean like you know you ended up scoring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they don't understand the beginnings of it, and I often say to people, I'm like. Uh, Sheldon's like Sean Thornton, but they had to work at what they, I don't mean toughness, I mean they had to work at what they did. And when Sheldon, when Sean played with us under St. John's Maple Leafs, he'd sit out lots of games. Mm. Um, Sheldon was yeah. the same thing. And when Sheldon started to play, I heard you on Spit and Chick, let's talk about this, man. So we go into our draft year. Sheldon, all of a sudden, he always had that shot. You didn't really know it yet because Sheldon had like one goal and two goals and three, even in the A, like look at those. But he wasn't really on the power play for a lot of that time. And Tri-City, had a cannon, 100 miles an hour going by your head. He didn't know where it was fucking going, though. <laughs> and he had to work on his lateral movement, totally. But Sheldon, <laughs> Sheldon that's true. But but Sheldon did that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not putting you down when I say this because it means that at some point you had to work hard. And we had to learn that too, Sheldon. When yeah. Quinnell... You know, they'd say work out. I'd go and, like, do the bench press. And, you know, on the way home, I remember you more than once getting three Big Mac combos. Do you remember that shit? You used to eat like a train. Yeah. Yeah. I used to pretend to put money in the pot, you know, because uh, I had no money. We yeah. had no money. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I used to uh, put money in the pot. I'd write my order down and pretend to put money in and take a dollar out. We we're always short. Yeah. And uh, I was ordering so much food and never putting money in. But, hey, that was, you know, that was. That was what they had to pay to play with me. You know, that was what that's what I said. That's what they had to pay <laughs> hey, to buy the Big Mac combo. First contract is nothing but Big Mac combo. Hey, man. But, but, people, yeah, but, that, but, but that's the other thing, Sheldon. We were both from middle class. Like, my, my, my mom didn't work. Dad was a teacher, and he gave up everything to come out there with me. So, we, you know, he didn't have a job. He subbed out there. So, and, and Richard was, you know, our parents and Lillian, the same thing. She knew what was going on. She wasn't over as much, but, I mean, I'm, I still talk with her all the time. She was heavily invested in your career. And they were, they knew what, what, they were there to support us, whatever it took. But we, Sheldon and I weren't uh, silver spooners, so we yeah. never had a lot of money. Going. So the boys, that's why in Quinnell, if, I, if we could have gone to a team, I went to Vernon for a little bit, mm -hmm. and I left because they were jealous. They were, they were That's the wrong word to use. They were resentful because, you know, I knew where I was going. They're like, you're fucking third overall in the Western League draft, and you're going to fucking come in here and play ahead of me, and I'm looking for a scholarship. It doesn't yeah. even matter what you do this Oof. year. You can get two points or 100. Right? You're already going to Tri-City. So there was a bit of that. Yeah. Like a fun and, but Quinnell room. wasn't like that. Quinnell, they got behind Sheldon and I, and I remember by, like in their own way. Like Chris Spencer used to say, you know, TT can only have six beers. Or, uh, yeah. or, or uh, Standing would say, uh, noof, noof. No, you know what? Give him one puff of that joint. Like, in other words, you know, meanwhile, it's yeah. a prospect smoking weed. <laughs> but still... You know, they were they looked out for us in their own way. Yeah. And it really so now I'll get back to the story. So Sheldon comes in and, and was in his 17 year old year. So this is his draft year. Now I'm 16. Uh, we didn't I had a decent year for a 16 year old, 30 points at the end of the year, a couple hundred pims. We were in last place. So it's a good place for Sheldon to grow and everything, but he gets hurt halfway through. Now, most people. Um, were aware that he was tough and a, and a good defenseman. Yeah. And not yet had caught that scoring train. 
Um, but he fought Brant Myers. Now, this is the thing, Sheldon. I, I heard you talk about it on Chicklets, and you're right. I, I don't know if ever there was billed a tougher guy that I'd never played against. I heard about Brant Myers like I heard about Tony Twist coming into the NHL. Like, I don't know at the time. I, I knew, and Plus, I knew all the Edmonton guys who knew him. So I was prepared for this animal, and he didn't let me down. Brant Myers was the toughest then. It was, and it, it, you know, you listen to anybody listening, listen to his interview on Chicklets, and it'll have you laughing, crying, and then some. Uh, it was amazing. But Sheldon fights him. Halfway through the fight, Sheldon's doing all right, right? You're humble. You didn't admit that, but Sheldon, you were doing all right. And I think that blasted you up into the third round. You broke your leg, didn't you, in the fight? I did, yeah. Oh. I want to stick. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, and I remember just having fought him just enough. Like, And people knew, especially Jersey, who ended up taking Sheldon in the third round. And imagine at that time, guys, it was a, bit people, a lot of people went, like, how did Sheldon go in the third round? But now explain that, Sheldon, the transition, because the next year now you come back and you are on our power play. Now you're showing that it took a year, few years in pro, but now in junior you did score a little bit, and we got rid of you to fucking Prince George and then Kelowna. But tell, tell me a little bit about the year coming back after you were drafted, what it meant, and what Jersey kind of, they worked with you, I remember. And tell us about it. They, they did. So I was actually... Again, because I think because you knew when you had come into Cornell the year I was there, you know, you were a top prospect. They did a TSN thing on you. I mean, we were all trying to hang out with you so we could get, a, you know, on TSN for about 30 seconds. You took them for a walk in the hills and, and shit all by yourself. Yeah, and you, you got suspended for the yeah. game. You didn't play the game anyway because you did, were suspended. I did. I was suspended for the game. I'm like, oh, my dad's like, oh, good luck tonight. I go, um, well, I'm not playing tonight. He's you like, threw oh, your helmet at Reno Pettazzoni. That's right. It was, I mean, it's just the crazy shit we did up there. But when I got to try to do, so I go home for that year. <clears throat> Excuse me, when I was 16. And then I play in, in um, I, I got to live with my mom and play juniors in Fort Saskatchewan. And so I got to, you know, stay close to home and I would just commute to practices. So that year was actually pretty good for me to be at home, get over the homesickness. My parents still encouraged me like, hey, man, you could. You know, you could go be uh, a, a truck driver or you can just follow this hockey thing. So the next year when I came back to Tri-Cities when I was 17, um, you know, I knew it was going to be like proving myself again, right? Where you're going to fight, you weren't going to play a lot, and you're going to have to work all the stuff that we did. Yeah. And, um, you know, like the story I told when I fought Brent, who's one of my best friends, and, you know, I grew up with him, and... Thank God I fell down in that fight or he would have killed me because he was <laughs> hands down. Oh, man, was he scared? The toughest human being that was, that was playing juniors for sure. And he's got a, a, you know, a ton of funny stories. Um, and so when I broke my leg that year and I was, when I was hurt, I was, I was doing all these interviews with teams, right? And they were telling me they were, you know, they were, I was on, on their radar. And, uh, so when I got drafted by Jersey, I had a lot of, um, talks with them and, and meetings and, you know, they showed some, some interest and some confidence in me that I could be, you know, a good player and that this is what they think. They didn't tell me I was going to play the power play or anything like that, but that didn't matter. It was that someone other than my dad or, you know, uh, one of my buddies was like, you know, you get a chance to play in the NHL. So when I went back, the year after um, I was drafted, it was just a, kind of a renewed confidence, right? And and I just felt I, I 
really, I mean, it's crazy. I, I just thought that I was a better player than I was. And that's really it. I got a chance. It's the same with NHL. I got an opportunity because other guys either didn't play well, got hurt. Um, you know, in, in, in my case in, in New Jersey, I got called up to New Jersey because uh, Ken Danico went to, went to treatment, went to rehab. Wow. And, um, you know, it's all these, like, these little breaks you got. But when I got the break in, in Tri-Cities and I came back, and we weren't a great team. We weren't bad, but we weren't great. It was good for um, young kids to play. It oh, was you know. good for young kids to play. Yeah. And, and, and I already I had I had earned a little respect from what I did the year before, which was not much other than really just fight Brent Myers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really was because you only you know, ended up getting in, what, 37 true. games or something. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't play many games. I was kind of hurt that year, too, and... But, you know, same with you. We were fighting everybody. It was just kind of one of those things. And yeah. the year I came back when I was 18, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I got a little bit more room. I started playing a little bit more. Um, just got confidence from there. And, and it just, that's just kind of how it went, you know. And once you get a little taste of it, right, and, and I was getting some compliments from New Jersey, keep it up and we're going to get you up to the, you know, farm team at the end of the year. All these little things just kept me, you know, kept me motivated, kept me with my eyes on the prize. And you never know how it's going to turn out. But I know that if you or I hadn't done that, you know, and, and, and hadn't worked our butt off for that opportunity, then, you know, we'd be sitting here probably regretting a lot, you know, sitting in a bar somewhere saying what could have been. Um, well, um, and I didn't want that. Um, um, one thing I was going to say, Sheldon, at some point, I remember, I don't know when it happened, but yeah, you're right. Like, I remember, like, I remember in your draft year, even you talking about hockey, like, you didn't even know if you were going to play it. Like, but not that you didn't go out there and work hard, but there was some, like, you said when you went to Fort Saskatchewan. But at some point when Jersey, like, you started to work out and there wasn't three Big Macs anymore, it's like now, there was an evolution to what you are now. If you follow Sheldon on Instagram, it's a lot, you know, he's in great shape. He takes pride in his body. He's quit boozing recently. There's a lot of fucking things going on, and it's positive, and, and it takes an evolution. And when we started in Quinnell, it was dope beer and fucking, well, not dope first. You know, we, we if they were there. But it was mostly like eating Big Macs, whatever. Spaghetti, is that good? Give me a steak with it. Like, you really didn't fucking know. Yeah. But at some point, yeah. Sheldon, it clicked. And I don't know if that was when Jersey drafted you or when they signed you or what it was. But, you know, it clicked. And all of a sudden, you were a prospect. And it was funny because from my eyes... You're right. When you came to Quinnell, I don't think you ever expected to play. Uh, you know, you didn't really know. I can't say you didn't expect to play in the NHL, but it was further off. I knew I was going to play in the NHL. I hate to say that. I'm not. And look the way things yeah. worked out. But in my mind, like I was being brought out as a National Hockey League player on his way. And right. Shel now, by my second year junior, Sheldon's third. Sheldon's in line with the New Jersey Devils. He's in better shape. And didn't you fucking wait, 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 wait? My memory here. Didn't you win a Calder Cup? You got called up to the A. Didn't that happen? Yeah, went up. Tell, well, tell us about that. That's it. I mean, it was well when I went to training camp. I got drafted, and I went to training camp, and it was the lockout short season in '94. And I went to training camp, and and I had stuck uh, right until the lockout, basically till opening day, and then they had the. Uh, the lockout, I signed a contract when I was 18. They gave me, a, you know, a, a bunch of money. And um, and then that's when I went back to Tri-City. So I, I come back to Tri-City as a guy who played, whatever, 40 games the year before, major junior, to <laughs> signing an NHL contract yeah. and staying and with the team. And your Corvette Blue Stingray. Right, exactly. Your, your so Uncle Stingray, like, yeah. 
Holy, you're in my, yeah, my, actually, my dad bought it for me. He Did said, he? Hey, I want you to. I want you to have it like a taste of what it's like to be a, you know. Oh, that was great. I love that. Thing. Remember, we drove that thing around. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you used to give me the keys uh, all the time. All the uh, time. I remember that, that the inside dad, of that car like it was. Take care of your car. Oh, yeah. My dad used to you taking care of that car. Oh, yeah. That we'd open the door. Beer camp. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. But, um. So I go to I go to a training camp with Jersey and I, I stay, you know, I have a good camp. There's uh, some good things happen there. And then I go back to juniors that year and I have a good year in juniors. And I got called up to um, uh, to Albany uh, at the end of that season and played with Albany in the playoffs. And our team in Albany had, you know, Steve Sullivan and, and all uh, Kale Hulse and Jason. So all these guys who we had on our team all played in the NHL. And then, uh, we got to go up to Jersey at the end of that year, and the, the Devils won the Cup. So that was all my first year being drafted. That's I'm like, insane. This life doesn't get any what, better than this. What right? happened like, to you in 48 months? <laughs> right, 48 months, was, Sean. Think about it. You, you were you were in Fort yeah. Saskatchewan. 48 months later, <laughs> you got a Calder Cup, yep. and you're in the NHL. Calder I mean, Cup, and I'm, I'm in Jersey, you know, celebrating the, the Devils win. And so <laughs> that summer, you know, that goes to June 15th, so... I partied like, you know, I had just won the uh, Conn Smythe Trophy in, in the playoffs in <laughs> yeah. Jersey and hadn't played a game. And so I go into camp now as a 19-year-old after having a great camp. And this was the, my career. <clears throat> this is what turned, I think, my career <clears throat> from being – this game is a perspective, I guess, is what happened. And so I go into training camp that wasn't in shape. And um, I think I might have had two or three practices – you know, inner squad scrimmages with the uh, with the team. Like they made me do some work after. And before even the first exhibition game happened, uh, Lou Amarillo called me up to the office and and said, "We're sending you down to uh, to Albany." They hadn't even made any cuts yet. I was like the only guy, and I'm like, "Okay, you know, okay, I'm not. I don't get in a game or anything." He's like, "You will never ever." put on a jersey, you won't even be a part of this organization if you ever show up and embarrass yourself and this organization again by sh- by, by showing up as unprofessional and out of shape as, as wow. you did. Wow, so that's I Lou down that's to saying that. Yeah, and this is Lou, and you know, and, and here I was, thinking I'm going in there and, God, I'm going to make the team, right? I'm going to be the next friggin' captain of the Devils, and so... I go down, they sent me down to Albany and put me in a hotel. They hadn't even made cuts yet. So I wow. didn't skate for about 10 days because I was down in Albany. Wow. And so my dad, you know, Jesus I got to tell Christ, my dad that's now, harsh. right? <laughs> Lou Lamarillo was Dude, like a was, Soprano's mob boss in my mind. No, there's no, it. you know, <laughs> wow. this guy is, is I, re, I don't respect, there's nobody who did more for my career. There's nobody that I respect more than Lou Lamarillo. And I've had some conversations with him where, he looked at me and I was crying. He just had to look at me and not start crying because I knew that I was letting him, I was letting myself down, I was letting him down. So my dad would call me and say, hey, how's it going? I go, I got sent down. He goes, what? I go, yeah. And then I, I told him and it was like I, the disappointment, right? Yeah. So at that moment, I knew that, well, that was not going to happen again. So that's the and moment. Now that's I the had, moment. Yeah. And I had to like, and they sent me back to juniors. I didn't even play an exhibition game in with Albany that year. It was like really, really humbling. So I got to go back to juniors as a, you know, a 19 year old. And I'm like, well, this is, if I want to do it, I've already seen what it's like there. I've already seen Ken Danico train. I've already seen how Scott Stevens comes to the rank. 
you know, I've already seen what it's like to play with Marty Berger. And um, I went back to juniors and I'm like, you know, it's, if I want to do this, uh, you know, I got to make some changes to, to how I look at this thing, you know, how I look at being a professional. And that was it. You know, that was kind of it. Um, I do remember you doing that. It was like overnight. Like you you didn't have to be convinced. And then once you started on that track, well, and you know what, which brings me to my next thing. So I had put all on last week. And Pods, mm-hmm. me and Pods were talking about Brainerd. So, Sheldon, in the middle of all this, yeah. this was before because Brainerd, Minnesota, we would go. Um, for those that didn't hear last week, so we were with uh, my my agent was Mike Barnett. I think Sheldon's was Tom Laidlaw. Uh, Mel Bridgman was the third. They worked for IMG, which is still on the go. I think I, I don't know, um, but Barney would give us Mike Barnett would give us give me money to go to wherever really I wanted to go train as long as it was legit. So San Jose had this camp in Brainerd, Minnesota. And a lot of other pros went there. I think you could pay Dean Grillo or whatever. You know, I remember my roommate was Richard Park. Um, Dubber, Ewan Dubber, Padolan, Dubinsky, Mike Dubinsky, uh, Mark Savard. So we all went to this thing. Now, do you remember much about that, Sheldon? Sort of. Um, I, I tell you, sort of. there's something really funny that happened. So there was a, there was, first of all, there was a little pool. I, I, it was like, um, a summer camp movie. It, it was really what it was like. It was, I mean, I'm not telling you, you remember the fucking cabins and all that <laughs> shit. You remember the lake. Um, yeah, yeah. but we went, and I think you went home early for some reason. I don't know if you hurt yourself. This was before everything you just said. This was in the middle of junior. You were drafted and I just got drafted, I guess the summer of 95, maybe or 96. So, um, we go there, but we were outside. So there was this, um, what do you call it? Like a, a, a dock, like a, a, a dock kind of thing. Oh, that we was, were, it was, it was, a, it was like a swim platform yeah. in the lake. It was a swim platform yeah. on the lake about maybe 300 feet off. So you yeah. had to swim quite a bit yeah. to get there, maybe, maybe 200. <clears throat> so you'd go out there and then while everybody was standing on this thing, um, it was like it, a floating wharf yeah, like would, out in the middle would, of the lake. Yeah, yeah, it would go down a few inches, so it looked like it you were walking a, on a water. Wet, a wet oh. dock. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So All we were wet. out there. I don't know if you remember this, man, but we were out there. I do now. Yeah, okay. I know where you're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I was of the. I was always. I don't know why, but when I was getting scouted or people were looking at me, I'd, I'd try to start a fight first. I would think, now I'm going I'm, Dave, I'm going back a little bit here. So we went to that camp and there was this guy, Radic Bonk, you know Radic Bonk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was rated first the year before, whatever it was, he ended up going fourth or fifth. Radic Bonk was in the IHL though, right? We all had to play junior and those times, the like Peter Sikora, Radic Bonk, a few more, Peter Nedved, I think, before they were drafted, come over and they played in the IHL. So this morning of this morning, we were out there practicing and we're doing one-on-one bull in the ring type drills and i tried to fight radic bonk stupid thing to do and he was a nice guy too i i don't know why there was like a hab scout there or something so anyway later in the day and i tried to make up with him i really felt bad like he looked at me like i had 10 heads right so we went out on this platform we swam out to it so we're all standing up and i'm talking with sheldon i'm like you know maybe we should try to make radic feel like at home or whatever like he's not talking to anybody so sheldon like pushes him (laughs) Like, you know, like, hey, new guy, yeah, like, yeah. what's up? And pushes him, and he goes backwards, but we didn't realize this dock that we were on was, like, way bigger than we thought, so <laughs> oh, he, he slipped, and he went down on his tailbone and fucking yeah. hurt himself. He came up, he knocked the wind out of himself, so he's out there going, <laughs> and he had to miss the rest of the thing. Oh, God. But Sheldon, do you remember that? He just he, he just been drafted third overall yeah. by Ottawa, and... 
So I thought it was, we thought, right, joking, we were always big, yeah. big in, in the fun. We thought that doing this would, would uh, endear us to him somehow and put him out for the camp. I'm like, oh, this <laughs> couldn't have gone worse. Well, the reason I went home from that camp is they sent me home. Oh, is that so like, oh hey, wow. What happened? They're like, what happened on the dog? I go, hey, we were we were fooling around, and you know, I was playful. And they're like, well, he can't, he can't, um, he can't participate anymore. And I said, well, that's fuck, that's too bad, I guess. And he said, well, now you're not going to participate anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going home. I had my fun here, got son, got a whole lifetime, got to swim in. Yeah, and I went back. I'm like, oh, the camp was too hard anyways. I'm like, whatever. Right. Well, <laughs> did Braddock ever hold it against you? Like, you guys did played ever, together in Montreal yeah. after, right? You, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were pissed. It was June. <laughs> it was June, first of all, so it was hard to get yourself in the mindset. This wasn't August right before camp. Yeah. This was June, so it was hard to get yourself in the mindset. But I remember Sheldon was like, you know, it was like, oh, you kind of thing, like pushed him. And he didn't expect it, so he went like slipping. And right off the bat, his eyes got as big as beach balls. He tried to catch himself. There was nothing to catch. And he went down on that thigh, man, and boom. Oh, and he had to leave. So I that was the summer. That that was the summer that, that I didn't do a fucking thing okay. all summer. I mean, like, uh, I, I, I get to camp and the guy's like, hey, you're, you're out of shape. Like, have you been working out? I said, yeah. Went for a couple jogs. <laughs> yeah. funny, funny story. You know, I broke Roddick ass. Yeah, and, I'm, and here I am going into training camp thinking I'm going to make the team. I'm like, yeah, I went for a couple jogs or some push-ups, sit-ups, get a chin-up bar. I think I can do about six or seven of those. <laughs> and uh, so that, that was the last summer. I swear to God, that was the last summer. So I go in, and then I get in trouble from Lou. And then he said, well, we're going to start this thing. Um... We're going to invite some some guys and some young guys in for um, for the summer, and and you're going to you're going to be here and you're going to train your ass off all summer. And he was the fir- we were the first organization to do that. So we had like a few guys who come in: like Peter Sikora, Patrick Eliash, uh, you know, uh, Ken Danico was training uh, around there. So he was the older guy. Was that Dean McCammon summer, there then? Dean McCammon was he? There? No, no, he, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there yet, but. Um, but the funny thing is, so the next summer, you know, after this, this debacle of uh, the year before not being in shape, the next summer, it's about June, and uh, I had played, I had gone up to Albany at the end of the season again after a junior season, um, and uh, I get a, an email. It's, you know, mid-June, and I get an email from the lady, uh, Lou's assistant, Marie, she's still with the Devils, unreal lady. She says, um, hey, uh, we'd like to invite you to Florida. Uh, mid July for ten days. Uh, bring your golf clubs and and bring some running shoes and uh, it's all on the devils and we're gonna have like this little um, fun trip for for a few guys. So great. So Florida, great. I heard I heard good things about Florida. So I go down there, pack my bag. I go down there, running shoes, you know, jeans, button up shirts. Uh, I didn't have any golf clubs, so that wasn't a thing. So I go down there, and our owner had had a place on this place in Florida called Lake Nona, which is a really well-known golf place. Yeah. Um, they have one of the best golf facilities, but they also had this thing, which is a mental toughness course. So we went down there and it was our version of hell week. I thought we're going on a golf trip <laughs> oh and my God. we get there the first day they took, as soon as Peter Sikora and Patrick Elia showed up, they came in from, from Czechoslovakia. And as soon as they showed up, they had long hair. They showed up, they put their bags in the room, they got in the car 
that Lou had set up and drove him right to the hairdressers and made him get haircuts. No fucking way. I, so I actually read about like, this. On, on wow. my, on my I'd heard that. So we're like, wow, know. this is crazy. And then there was like eight or nine of us who were down there. And uh, so, okay, the first meal, you guys be in the, you know, in, in the in this lounge, in this restaurant at whatever, six o'clock. So we go in there and we're sitting at this table and they bring out these little plates with like one little piece of um, vegetables on it, right? Like well, not a piece, but a small little piece. And I think, wow, this place is fancy. This is, you know, this is the first little taste of something. And so we ate it. And Lou comes out and he says, all right, guys, welcome to 10 days. This is the mental toughness course. And he goes over this thing. Well, oh, Jesus. what the hell just happened? So we had to eat like that for 10 days. We had to take these mental toughness. We had to go run in the hot Florida sun at like 6 a.m. Our warm-up was like a five-mile jog. And then we run this football wow. field throwing medicine balls. And then we had to go again at 3 o'clock and do it. It was literally hell week for 10 days. I don't know. And, who, um, oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't it. know that who was, was, was. There was someone on that team that showed up thinking like yourself. It was a golf trip. They didn't bring any socks, yeah. and they were running in. I can't remember yeah. whose book I read this in. They were running in dress socks like the whole ten days. I honestly thought that was a yarn. I didn't think yeah, that actually it was, happened. It was, I, I heard from Sheldon's, but Sheldon, you never told me that. I, I heard it could have been your dude, dad. No, <laughs> could have been it your dad. It was so hot out. I remember it was like six a.m. in the morning. You know, middle of July, uh, South Florida. And uh, we're running these, so we had to go do this jog. I, it, the guy had to come back to the back of the line and grab me to help me, you know, just finish a jog, which was our warm up. Then we go to this football field. And we got to start throwing these medicine balls and chasing them, right? And I remember it, it's it's literally six o'clock in the morning, and I see uh, Lou's out there on the sideline. He has his shirt off. It's so hot out that our GM has his shirt off on the sideline. He's you know sixty years old. And, we looked and, and it was kind of funny, but it, it, we kind of knew he meant business too, you know. So, um, needless wow. to say, that that year, you know, I had, had done that, and then from there, I went to New. I was able to go home, get some clothes, and I went to New Jersey, trained the rest of the summer, and that was it. And that's what I did. And when I played in New Jersey for my first two years, I lived in a hotel because Lou said we'll we'll pay for the hotel. But you're going to live in a hotel. They had, so they knew everything I was doing, whatever, what time I was getting in, what time I wasn't getting in, uh, you know, what I was ordering from room service, what I wasn't. Um, wow. So for my first oh, wow. two years in the NHL, I lived in a hotel, and um, I trained there in the summer. So he had me. They had the organization had me under lock and key. And it's not. I'm not saying it like, wow, this is. This I know. I know. Blue, you needed that. Blue took me under. I mean it like. If yeah. Lou hadn't done that for me, I would have never had the discipline or the knowledge to do that for myself. Well, so Sheldon, he really was the guy who started my career. That's the wow. thing, because I know you. So at some point, and, and you know, after junior, we did keep in touch. Like Sheldon, you, I don't. Do you remember coming to my first NHL game? You and Eric Bertrand. You, you both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You drove up and you spent the yeah. night. You know, we really supported each other, and um, and I. Yeah. Uh, but I. That's the thing I missed when all this transformation you're talking about because I knew Sheldon. I'm not saying that don't give a fuck. We were all like it in, in Tri Cities, me, you, and Lankow. Did we ever, just to name three prospects, I don't remember ever going to the weight room even, like maybe when they made us, right? Never. It was just, no. it was easier out in junior and you, 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 I, you didn't even really know. The knowledge wasn't there 
to ignore. So I hate to say we were ignorant because we just didn't know. And there wasn't junior, there wasn't trainers working with junior teams or anything then. So I knew that something must have happened. Now, my second question with that, I've always wondered. Um, so you, Jersey had a lot of D that were similar. I don't know if they were going for that look. For that, like, just think, Stevens, Danico, you, Colin White came right after you, didn't he? Niedermeyer's in there. Yeah. yeah but Niedermeyer was the scorer, though. Yep. I'm, I'm wondering if... Because White, Surrey, Danico, Lyle and Stevens line. all have Lyle old line. line yeah. So did they yeah. expect you... I assumed... This is what I always assumed. You get traded to Montreal. You still don't know that NHL scoring's in you. And the one piece comes. And your shot goes from 95 to 105. Did that have... Or, or did you just get more confidence? And were Jersey content to say, you know what, Sheldon is great stay-at-home D... Or did it just happen? Like, how did that transformation happen? Because that's another transformation. I often tell people, I'm like, the Sheldon off and on the ice is the, not the person that I met. I mean, none of us are, but you were you were a heavy 180 in both. So wh- when did the scoring come? Well, what kind of happened was in, in New Jersey, the last year that I was there, I started falling out of favor. It'd be Jacques Romero retired. And we brought in uh, a coach, Robbie Fatorik, who had coached in Albany and had his guys. And I wasn't one of his guys. It wasn't the guy that was going to bed at, you know, yeah. uh, 10 o'clock at night and, and watching film. That wasn't my thing. I was going to New York City. And to be honest with you, some and you of were the, being on film. You, know, you were the on the Young and the Restless. You were, you were Dude, on I was film. Doing, I was doing everything. I couldn't believe that here I am. I'm playing in the NHL. You have these off-ice opportunities. You're going to clubs with celebrities. It, it's New York. Everyone's treating you great. So I, I also love that, you know, Newf, I mean, you know me, so so I also love that part of it. Yeah. And um, New Jersey didn't love that part of it. You know, they wanted to really keep you, you know, it, it was, the organization was great. The players were very professional. Um, and and so we got a new coach and I just fell out of favor with him. He started playing a different type of guy. And so I just started not caring a little bit. I started letting my professionalism uh, uh, slip a little bit. But to be honest, you know, when you're, you know, when you're bag skating after every game and, and, and practices and, and you're putting in the extra work and you know you're not going to get in the lineup, it was just like, you know, it, it was, yeah. it was a change of scenery was coming. So when I got traded to Montreal, uh, I got a call and, and uh, you know, Lou said I was traded and then Rajon Hool, uh, who was the GM of Montreal at the time, got on the phone. It was like nine o'clock at night. And he said, we're going to, we play in Boston tomorrow night. I got traded in Colorado. And he said, we're going to get you out on a red eye tonight. You're going to get into Boston, skate with the team. Um, if you get in on time and then we play in Boston. And I said, great. He goes, I heard you don't sleep much anyway, so it shouldn't be a problem for you. And I said, great. I got on a plane. I'm like, I go, he, I go, he knows my, he knows my routine. He's still trader. This is going to be great. And what happened was I got to Montreal. I played 19 games there. Um, Great guys, good veteran team, Eric Weinrich, Scott Lachance, you know, Zach yeah. Turner Stevenson. It was a, just a great group of guys. And so I went into that next year going, this is really going to be great. I'm playing for the Canadians. Um, you know, they, they traded for me. This is, this is a great opportunity for me. And then I got hurt there. You know, I broke my wrist. And what happened was is they said, the doctor said, look, uh, you know, it had two or three surgeries to try to fix this bone. And they said, we don't know if you're going to play again. Actually, the chances wow. are that you probably won't play again. And, and I said, I had just gotten uh, married. I had just had a, a, a kid in September, my first uh, firstborn. And I'm like, hmm, well, 
you know, not playing and not making the money really isn't an option. So (laughs) however this is going to, you know, look, whatever I have to do, uh, you know, I'm going to at least seek out another contract somehow, right? And so I'm sitting in Montreal and I'm sitting in the press box and uh, I'm sitting beside a couple scouts, um, more than a couple. There was three or four guys and we were playing and we weren't very good that year. And they were saying, you know what the, the Canadians really need? They need a, a heavy shot on the power play. They need someone who can move guys in front of the net. There's, they're talking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting beside them and I wasn't a part of their conversation, but they're talking exactly about what I thought I could bring, what I've shown that I could do in other, in other. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, this is maybe an opportunity. I'm thinking, why am I not? I'm that guy. You know, I'm that guy. And I was already rehabbing from an injury. I was already, my mindset was already, well, I'm not taking no for an answer. And so the work that I was putting in just made me more focused. I was like, you know what, if I do, when I do get back in and get an opportunity to to be part of this team again, I want to do these things because I think I can, I can do that. And, you know, I worked my bag off to get back and, Luckily, you know, with God's grace, my injury wasn't a career-ending injury. And, again, opportunity just just met, you know, uh, met me at the right time. And, uh, well, opportunity is one thing. played their way out of position. You got the most goals. Yep. For, don't you have the most goals? I should redo my research. It's just in my head because you're a buddy. I think you have the most goals for yeah, defenseman. Way to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh. It's the same thing. On ice, off ice. But you had the most goals for a defenseman in the Montreal Canadiens history. Like, and that's, I mean, in one season, um, which is insane or, or close to. Am I right on that, Mike? It's uh, the year you got 26? Yeah, 26. 26. Yeah, I remember that. And, and, you know, I mean, yeah. guys, to, so I know what you're saying. Grab a bit of confidence. But this is insane. To first of all, you know, when I would be in the Montreal dressing room, I'd always assume that nobody on the team is going to get any record because the team goes back a thousand years, right? Yeah. Like, so as I'm look of all the people that I thought would do this, like I, I would be, you know, less surprised. A little bit of shade getting laid I don't know, down I'd be less here. surprised if Corey Cross did it. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying to have that record. Oh. If you Don't told forget, me, he said we're the oldest friends, guys. Oh no, Jesus! A little bit of shade thrown. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I just go didn't. Hang, just, I'm gonna go hang myself after. Look, it's just to, to have that level. I mean, it's phenomenal, and I mean. You know, having getting drafted there and Sheldon coming up to my first game, it really felt fitting, but I just didn't see it happening. And, uh, you know, and that stuck, Sheldon. And, I mean, with the total love, I say that, you, you know, you, you ended up being a scoring defenseman. I mean, you nearly had 30 goals. I mean, of all of us in junior, Sheldon, you really came out of it um, with, and, and, you know, you're down there now, and I don't want to get too far into it because it's your business, but you're off the booze. And I don't know if, uh, yep. you know, it, your dad passed away a while ago. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. That really affected me, though. He was one of the first people I met in hockey. And like I said, man, when I was out, you know, finding myself, you're always kind of finding yourself. Sometimes that's fun. But um, when I was finding myself in 07, 08, I was out in Bentley playing for the Generals. Sheldon came to, playing in the NHL now for Edmonton. Sheldon came to the fucking senior game. Same same thing out here. They, you do it for the Allen Cup, right? Yeah. So, but Richard, his dad... Uh, invited me over to his place for Christmas dinner because I didn't, and you know, we it's, we were buddies, but I hadn't talked to Richard in six or seven years. Yeah, you know, but that's the kind of people they are. So, uh, 
you know, I, I know you're doing well, Sheldon, and, and uh, you know, we, we do need to talk more. I went to Tri-Cities about a month ago, and we talked about it just before you got on, and I, I need to do that more. I don't know if you ever go back or if we should go on a golf trip somewhere or maybe even like back an actual Edmonton. golf trip, though. You're not just going to like. Yeah, you're not going to run them for 20, <laughs> 20 days well, in a row. Don't invite the guy on a yeah. golf trip and then just like <laughs> really fuck him yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Well, what kind of trap is this? I'm not going to. Sheldon, you know what's funny? We talk about uh, Myers, and I, I don't know Brent that well, but the one night that I spent with him was in Fishing Lake with you. It was at the draft, and you took yeah. me up um, to Fishing Lake, and I don't remember what happened Fishing the night Lake, of the yeah. draft. I just remember the night, guys, because my drafter was in Edmonton, and Sheldon was there anyway. His was the year before in Hartford. Yeah. So Sheldon We're came to the draft. Teased. It used to be called Barry Tease. Yes, 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 Barry Tease. Right. Yeah. Okay, I didn't remember where we were. I remember like 5 in the morning, you beating on my door, Noof! Let me in, and I'm like, I'm getting drafted tomorrow, yeah. asshole. But, but we just, but we just got home now. I, I got home like I beat him by like a half hour. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember what happened before that. I just remember that, and then the next night I got drafted, and Richard and Sheldon just said, "Fuck it." My parents were out there too. Yeah. Said, "Come up, see where I'm from." Uh, Sheldon's from a little place called Fishing Lake in northern Alberta. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we went up there, and Mizey, even though you know he got, he told his story, and I'm glad he's sober and everything now. Um, cause Mizey was not only tough, he, he was fucking tough and he was, uh, he was a boozer, but, uh, you, you know, there was, there, there, people say that like, it's all negative. I'm glad that he's off it cause it was a problem, but I remember him grabbing a beer, giving it to me and I didn't even ask him. People think he's this big, uh, you know, uh, dominating presence. That's an asshole or I shouldn't say an asshole, but you know, it might be strike fear in people. He grabbed me the beer and he said, now here, and uh, this is Brant Myers, yeah. who I uh, thought was the toughest person I'd ever seen at that point. <laughs> After I got drafted, he's buddies with Sheldon. Like I said, the next year, these guys fucking fought each other. Yeah. Uh, and he crashed me a beer. He said, now, this is how it's going to be when you get drafted. And he said, now, if I was you, he said, you can score better than I can, so I wouldn't be grabbing this guy, but this is what I did. Took me to his... Brent Myers sat there. I might have said three words, if you can fucking believe that. Jesus. How... Um, <laughs> no, but my experience with him was he was, a, he was, an, un, yeah, he was an unreal fella. That's a uh, rarity, though. And we're going to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he is. He, he's an unreal guy, and his story is incredible. He's one of my best friends. Well, you, in life, you know, not too many guys that look up uh, look up to more than him. His story is is you know incredible. You you know him because we all kind of came up together, and and yeah. you know the paths that have led us to where we are. But um, yeah, I remember that when you were you know look my and thank you for saying the nice things about my dad. My dad was look man, we're playing in an uh, uh, you went across the whole freaking country to play junior hockey. You know, I only had to go you know ten or twelve hours, but our parents kind of seen, seen the big picture. So, you know, my dad was your dad, your dad was our coach and my dad, your mom took care of me when I was there. So, I mean, there was a lot of love, I mean, between you and I, um, you know, coming up and that we had a lot of support, other guys that were playing there, you know, they were playing hockey and it was a cool thing to do and, and a way to blow off steam and maybe get some chicks, whatever everyone else's reasons were. Um, we had the support of our parents and, and that was, I think, you know, the major difference I would say for me anyways, is yeah, that no, we had sure. guidance along the way, you know, it wasn't like a party thing. It wasn't a, a pit stop. It was, it was a pit stop and not a, a destination. You know what I mean? And, I um, and I'm thankful. And thanks for saying the nice things about uh, my dad. Well, no problem. Um, you need to know that he was, um, <clears throat> well, you do know it, but people need to know it. Uh, cause like I said, he was, the thing is, they knew and they supported it, and I'll always say it. It was hard to stick handle 
a kid's future at the time because we were in Quinell and guys and all those things were there. Now, if my dad had pulled me off the team, things would have, you know, we were there. We had to blend in and they knew it and it was best for our experience, but it had to be handled with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. And they did that and That's they had a way to make it seem uh, not fun because it was fun, but they had, a, they had a way to make it seem, you know, this is fun, but you know what? You guys got a job to do. Yep. And you got each other yep. to get there, you know, and, and it really felt yep. like, I, I got to say, I didn't feel alone once Sheldon yeah. came. And I do, I should say this, we had a buddy on that team who'd fight the fucking devil. <laughs> and he went to, I mean, and he, he his name was Quinton Van Horlick. And Quinton, I yep. know that his family listens, so I should go out and say it. And Quinton uh, passed away two years ago. But um, mm. Sheldon, he was, um, you know, just, uh, we went there and I, Sheldon and I were in that position, but there was a kid, Quentin Van Horlick. He wasn't a prospect. So I don't want to leave him out though because his family listens and he was one of us as well. He, he was there for oh, that yeah. reason. He just wasn't quite good enough. He had a, yep. he had a 10 year career, I think, or maybe even 12 in like the Central League or the West, Western Professional League. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I figured I'd say that. And before I let you go, yeah, because uh, we, so I, you know, it is Sheldon, uh, and um, you know, there's there's people you come across in the game that transcend hockey, and it's funny because Quinton embodied everything about a young player. Like he just didn't have the skill, but he loved hockey. He had, as we were playing junior, he had Wayne Gretzky bed sheets. Like this guy <laughs> loved it. He came to Tri City Camp and he fought it. He might have been 5'10", 160. Yeah. He fought everybody. Yeah. I couldn't even believe that they were letting him do it anymore. I'm like, boy, someone tell yeah, Quinton. Your, your mentality, he just wasn't as big. He just yeah. was a crazy was Yeah. He was just really, you know, he always bit off more than he could chew, but he was so much respect that, you know, there's so many guys, right, that are like that, don't get the opportunity that that you or I got um and whether you make something of it or, or you don't um you know there's a lot that has to go right to just get an opportunity you know just to, just to get on a lot yeah. a radar to, to, to make a living doing something that you love to do yeah you know it, it isn't about you a, a lot of a lot of it I mean you have to put the work in you have to be, have the commitment but you know, for me, man, I just know without my parents, without maybe your parents, without, uh, you know, a coach here and there giving you a little uh, pee-pee whacking when you needed it, a little encouragement when you needed it. Teachers, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it that you don't appreciate, I think, when you're younger because it's all about you. You know, for me, it was. It was all about, the, well, I'm doing this. I'm, no, well, you, know, you nailed it. it, 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 it it's all fun and games yeah. until Lou Lamarillo locks you in a hotel for two years. Exactly. You, you nailed it earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Shell, when you said I, I call my dad, another time I went out, I'll, I'll tell you this quick, another quick story. Yeah. Is I went out one night before a game and I got in, I was living in this hotel that I was telling you guys about. And I went out and, and uh, got in around midnight and uh, we went for dinner, me and another guy on the team went for dinner with these two girls. And uh, it was in New York City. And, you know, it was, it was by the time I got back, anyways, night before a game, 11 o'clock curfew, I get in at midnight. Uh, no, it wasn't a hammer or anything like that. It was just, you know, I got in late. Well, the next day we played the Rangers and, and, um, and I have a, a good game and I, I think I was second star of the game. No big deal. Just second <laughs> star. And, uh, after the game, the, the strength coach comes to me and he says, Hey, Lou wants to see you up in his office. And I said, okay. And I thought I was going up there for a contract extension, right? We said, hey, we go. We, I'm like, I'm thinking, it, it doesn't get better than this. And he comes in. And Lou had this 
his office, his, his chair in his office sits higher than you sit in your chair across. So he looks higher than <laughs> he looks bigger than you. This is exactly and what he I picture. <laughs> yep. He had this big chair, right? A big leather back chair. And it was uh, facing me. He wasn't even facing me. And I sat there for 45 minutes without saying a word. This is an honest to God true story. And he turns around and he says, who do you think? You, and, and, and I'll, you know, I'll keep it edited. He said, who do you think you are? I said, what? And he said, you come home last night after curfew and you think you're going to come here and, you know, be a professional. He goes, you get back to your hotel tonight. You pack up your, your, your things. And you be here, and now it's like midnight, you know, 1230. He says, you be here at 6 a.m. I want your pack. You're going down to Albany. Wow. He goes, and I haven't even decided if I'm going to put you there. And so I go home, and now I'm thinking, holy fuck, I'm going down to the minors? You know what? I've been in, I've been in the NHL for a year and a half, and, and I think, you know, now I'm just thinking of finding my group. Anyways, I get there at 6 a.m. I go to his office, door's locked. I'm sitting outside till 8 a.m. in my truck with my stuff packed. It's raining. My stuff's getting soaked in the back. And I'm sitting. Lou pulls up. Hey, um, he doesn't say anything. Uh, assistant comes out and grabs me. I go in. I sit and I wait for another half hour. He pulls me and he says, he, uh, he just looks at me. And this is honest to God, true story. And he says, if I send you down to Albany right now, what are you going to tell your dad? And I just sat there, and I swear to God, I started crying like a baby. I said, Lou, I made, you know, I made a mistake. He said, look, team's on practice at 10 o'clock. He goes, you get down there. He goes, I haven't decided what I'm going to do. He goes, but you better get down there, and you better think about it. And I went down there, and, you know, I, I think I put my skates on backwards. I mean, I was so nervous. I was so wow. scared. <laughs> and after that, I, you know, I went up, and, and Lou said, did, did you think, like, what would you tell you? And that, again, was a lesson for me that, you know, this isn't, this isn't like my life, you know, and I didn't want to let anybody down because I was taking things for granted. So, again, I think it was just a long-winded way of saying, you know, I, I had all these people along the way that were giving me, he could have easily sent me down and it would have changed the whole trajectory of my career and my life probably, you know. Which, um, now I see why they want so many cups. Person. Yeah, it's just it, it's that's how that organization and Lou does. It. Uh, another real quick story. Is I know we got to go, but I'll tell you another real quick thing. I was playing in, in Montreal. I had set these, you know, this record for power play goals. I've been, you know, all star game and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the year end had come, and I finished. I think that third or, four, or fourth or fifth, maybe in the Norris voting, and, and neither won the Norris. And so I called the. I didn't have his number. And so I called uh, Lou's assistant, Marie, and I said, hey, Marie, uh, do you think I can get uh, Scotty's Niedermeyer's uh, phone number? I, you know, misplaced it or erased it. And, and she said, sure. Uh, she goes, hold on a sec. I'm waiting for a couple minutes. Lou comes on the phone. Now, I'm talking, this is like 2005, maybe, or 2007, whatever it was. I mean, I was gone from that organization now for five years, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I was, you know, I think it was my second All-Star or whatever it was. And in that season, I call Lou gets on the phone and he says, uh, Hey, child. And I said, Hey, Lou. And he's like, uh, You want Scotty's number? And I said, uh, Yeah, you know, I just wanted to congratulate him on winning Norris or whatever. And he says, uh, He said, Okay, I'll, I'll pass you back to me. He goes, I wanted to tell you, uh, good job this year. He goes, But, but don't don't stop and don't get complacent. He goes, you, you have a tendency to get lazy. 
and, and complacent. He goes, I don't want you to do that. He goes, so keep going, okay? And I said, yes, Lou. Like it, like I was, you know, 18 again. This guy had to but compete the guy against had a you. Of, was, he might compete. He was putting the team no together to compete against you. Dude, it, it, was, wow. it was another, I think it, it just shows you the type of man that Lou Lamarillo is. Um, he's tough. He's, he's all these things. But I'll tell you what, he cares about people. And um, he changed my he changed my life. You know, he he, he changed my career and, and he changed my life. And, you know, I'm grateful that I've had these things because some people don't get that benefit of the doubt or, or that kind of um, encouragement or whatever Amen. you want to call it. That all shapes your character. And, and I did. Totally. It totally did. And, right. you know, it, can, it's, I'm thankful for all of it. I can only imagine you were uh, you had moved on from the Devils when there was that uh, crossover. I think Lou was the GM the same time as Pat Burns had a coaching tenure there. Uh, yep, I had just gone. Yep. You would just I can only imagine because that like yeah. that just reeks of Pat Burns so much. He used to phone guys. Yep. Fellows would be out past curfew in a bar in Montreal, and someone would bring a phone over to them, and it would be Burns on yep. the line saying, "You fucks, I have eyes everywhere." <laughs> so I can only yeah. I can only yep. imagine the combo of two of them. Do you, yep. uh, that's yep. true. Do, do you go back to Montreal? Some, guys, some older guys didn't want to go. Uh, I go back to Montreal. Once in a while, I've been back a couple times. Do you still have the restaurant? Five years for, no, no, okay. we we sold that. Um, so I don't really have any connections. Some of my best friends still live there. Uh, that come to L.A. or they come to Edmonton or when I was playing, you know, they would uh, come to Dallas, they come to Anaheim. So I, I made some great friends and, and, and have some great relationships there. It's just a long way for me to go now. You know, kids here on the West Coast. And, um, you were t- you said you went back to Tri Cities. Well, I went and bought a place up in, in Quarter Lane, which is you know, we used to have to go through drive through Quarter Lane to get to Tri Cities. Yeah. I don't remember that. Do you still? Edmonton, do- no, no, I do. I was going to ask you because I saw some yeah, Instagram pics, yeah. and I didn't know if you if you had a place there or you just visit there. Um, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I bought a place there. Gretz, Gretz, I got a few of us up there. There's a, a good hockey contingent, and when he, you know, Gretzky was the guy who su- suggested that I go check this place out. And I'm like, I'm not going to Corda. It's way too close to Edmonton. I played junior hockey in Tri-Cities. And, and you know, I, once I left there, I was done with it. Like, I'm not going to Coeur Lane. And anyway, that's kind of where, where I've established roots. Uh, you know, it's close enough to where I'm from. It's close enough to come down to L.A. It's just, you know. No, it's great. I, there, so. I played in Boise for a year, too, man. I went there all the time. It's not because oh, yeah, yeah. Boise to Tri Cities, you can you can go out of your way and go through Coeur d'Alene if you want, and it was just a great spot. And if yeah. some of the guys that played on the team, <clears throat> you know, raved about it because they were from the area and they drove there to go golfing and stuff. Well, maybe maybe that's it, Sheldon. Maybe we can meet there sometime because um, yeah, it's it's life short, but it's long. But uh, you know, we, you know, we're not getting any younger. I'd love to catch up with you soon. Before we go, uh, I want what just you can even make it quick. But how the fuck did you end up on the Young and the Restless? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that too. I was hoping we'd get so, here. So we, you know, look, man. There was only they had a bunch of stars playing for the Rangers. They had a bunch of young guys playing for the Devils. And you know, when you're in that market, the NHL has all these things for for players to do. Lou hated it. He wanted your <laughs> doesn't focus sound to like he's on right. right? <laughs> Yeah. This is a summer thing, and, and they said, hey, here's an opportunity for you guys to, to go on the show and, and kind of play yourselves. And I thought, yeah. great, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get on the soap opera. Now I'm a soap star. Now I'm a hockey star. I'm a soap star. 
I'm a model. I, I, I thought I was <laughs> yeah, the and model. Then you're. And, uh, you never... you know, I was carrying a bag. I was a, I was an extra carrying a bag in an airport behind uh, this thing. I was on for like <laughs> half a second. I'm like, there I am. Freeze it, freeze it. But, uh, freeze it. Uh, it's all my credit. It's all my credit. <laughs> no, it's wow. fantastic. I I love that. Uh, some of the, one of the boys back in the day I heard about. I didn't see it live. Uh, of course, I say that. Maybe I do watch. Uh, <laughs> no, but someone so yeah, recorded yeah, it. Right. I remember it was walking in a door or something. I remember seeing the scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, Terry's more of a daze man himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, people did slugs. Yeah. Remember slugs? You used to have to go to that. I was telling the boys about it earlier. Uh, we did watch that here and there. But listen, man, it's uh, great to have you on. It's good to talk to you. Um, and uh, anytime, I don't know if you're, I'm in Edmonton next weekend. I'm doing an event with Taran Sandwith. Ever meet Taran? Taran, uh, Nathan Dempsey, a bunch of them. Mark Hurley, Mike Hurley, Boyd Olson, Zenith Komarniski. I'm going to visit yep. all of them. I went out with them a couple yep. weeks ago. Yep. I, I go there a little bit, Sheldon. Uh, it gets just some context there. Like with, I do some public speaking and then my... Uh, Part of my family's from out there, so I do get there a little bit. Maybe we can hook up there sometime. I just missed you this year. You were there at Christmas, I think. Yeah, it was. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up down the road, but um, yeah, man, you know, I love you, and, and say hi to your parents. Thanks for having me on. Continued success, man. I, you know, I love you. You're like a brother to me, and, and, and I wish the best for you, man. Love you too, buddy, and it Thanks was great radio to catch too, up. So it's good. <laughs> Perfect job for you. Well, we'll talk after this. Maybe I have some ideas. Uh, okay. I'll talk to Jason Momoa. Maybe i got some ideas for you, my friend. You've got, a, you've got an yeah. acting resume. He's got a resume. That's so funny. I, I swear to God, I'm sitting here beside my girlfriend. I was in Vegas for a golf tournament last night. I'm sitting at this uh, restaurant in Las Vegas, at a, a nice restaurant. This lady comes up to me. She goes, oh, my God. I thought you were Jason Momoa, but you're not. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I that a, you Is know, the but you, you're you not really necessary? Like, <laughs> I was in the young like, and the rest yeah, of right. Thing Yeah, is, but she came up to me. All, all my friends were impressed for a second. So I, like, she's like, are you? And I'm like, big smile on my face. I'm thinking she's going to you know, totally recognize me and take hockey. And she goes, oh. Not Jason Momoa. You know what's funny? Get out of here! I'm eating. Get out of here! I'm eating. We, we were, boys, last year we were we were downtown. We were at Raymond's eating, and I was telling Jason because it's fucking amazing. You guys haven't met. You're the, like the same person. He's got uh, he's he, he's got native roots. Um, he's about your size. Very similar personalities. He loves hockey, but he played played roller. He grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. So we were. T I was talking with him. I said, I got a buddy. I said, you you're like you got a lot in common. And I was telling him all about that stuff, and I said, if you love hockey, and I said, you're like in, he lives, uh, oh, fuck, it's, it's not far from Malibu, anyway, I know that, um, it's something hills, but anyway, not Beverly Hills, <laughs> um, uh, and but why should I even say it on the fucking radio anyway? Have people track him down? <laughs> give out his home address. Well, point being, it's Sheldon, you keep yeah. trying to give out mine. Yeah. I showed, I took out a picture to show Jason, and it was Sheldon dressed as him going for Halloween. <laughs> that's pretty good. It was that's, fucking oh, that's great. Good. That's gold. But one day you will. I mean, I had to get Momoa tickets a couple months ago to, to a Vancouver game, and I'm like, and he, you he know showed who up you are, a beret right? jersey, yeah. and he fucking I just made said, it on bar down. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you know, you can just show up and get them. But I like being able to do him favors, so so I just keep doing that. I'm like, and if I got. I mean, I still got contacts, and I use them. But if I if I got to, I'll buy them. I don't give your a fuck. Connection. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just connection. connection. I'm yeah. hanging onto that rope. Yeah. I'm just like hanging on. Please, please don't actually figure it out that you can just walk into any of these events and yeah. pay you to be there. Yeah. But anyway, that you will come too. 
<laughs> that will come to you guys will meet eventually yeah. but sheldon thanks again i really appreciate it it was great having you on here man yeah thanks so much thanks for stopping you, by yeah you know guys thanks for having me on man i appreciate it. keep up the great work okay see you buddy all right huge thank you to sheldon Surrey for coming on and chatting to us so glad that worked out we had as we were saying before we went to the interview we were having some trouble locking down the contact stuff and uh happily it worked out and it was great chat with him i know Chuck, you're oh, I've got, Yeah, have, I've got my Lou Lamarillo yeah. content for life now. Like, he is everything I imagined, and especially <laughs> the fact that he has this giant leather-backed chair. <laughs> that, is set, that, I, that is set to be I've, higher than I've everyone else. I've been picturing literally everything like that since I was a kid, so I'm, I'm glad to finally have it confirmed. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, it, definitely great to have all that stuff. And cool to hear those, those stories. And, of course, obviously, when you get someone like Sheldon that's Terry, you've known for so long. It's mm-hmm. it's cool to have him on that way and get all uh, all that stuff. It's Big great. revelation. He broke well, Raddick Bonk's ass. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I tell you, it's 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 good because Sheldon comes at you from a lot of angles. He's seen what it's like to be a nobody. He's yeah. seen what it's like to be a a prospect on the fringe. Yeah. He's seen what it's like to be in the bad favors of an NHL GM to possibly never get up at a very young age. And then within a couple of years, it all seemed to happen so fast for Sheldon, everything that happened. Um, you know, he's most power play goals in the history of Montreal Canadiens. No, it's NHL. That's a while. It's not, yeah. it's not a Montreal record. That is an NHL record. 19 is the NHL record. It's not wow. just the halves. She's Mike Green not know this. The, it, I I was looking it up while we were while we were chatting. It's incredible, to him. Yeah. and yeah, so I don't and know if, if you it's look been... at Jersey had like three goals, four, two, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of wild it's that you jump. look at the stats, and I think the most he had prior to joining the Habs was three in a season, and then just kind of broke out. And while he was there, out. 15, 12, 26. It's and like inc- if Brooks Orpic did it. Yeah, you know, well, he's older, but it's 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 someone like that that gets a few goals a year, and, and then One puts thing. up twenty three in Edmonton again after that too. Like, yeah, like he put up some huge numbers, and, and being on the Habs, and you got the A around that time. Mm. He was the assistant captain in Montreal. And, One thing and, I would do when I'd get a new NHL game in, in the EA Sports in that era is I would trade to get Sheldon Surrey and might be a GMO just because of that, just because of that power. Like in the video game, you could just rip it and it would go in. You know what's funny? And we did. He would have like when he got drafted, they. They had hopes, but they knew if nothing... Like, Sheldon was real tough. Mm-hmm. He ended up... You watch in Montreal, was, my favorite one was with uh, Darren McCarty. But outside of that, I mean, he had a lot. He Sheldon would fight the, the straight-up heavyweights. I, I would, like... I knew in junior, if I fought a guy like Wade Belak, for example, yeah. I knew that just, just hanging in there would be a win for us because, you know, the fans would get into it and just me standing up to him. But Sheldon would be have every expectation to beat him. Like, Sheldon was in that category. Sheldon was one of the toughest players I've ever seen play junior. He just didn't have to drop him as much because he well, we didn't want him to drop him as much. But uh, same thing when he went in. I mean, the guys he fought were killers. You know, he was a bit, and Sheldon's a big guy. And I can see how. I'm always sized. <laughs> he is. He's a big guy. He's like like his six hands four and, listed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was. It's just some guys have this girth. You know, like Sheldon's hands. He'd hurt my hand when he shook it kind of thing. It was no surprise, you know, that he ended up being. Uh, have such a powerful shot, but and it, that's it, something we never even talked about—the fact that he, he played a couple All Star games and like set records for the in, in the skills comp and stuff. He's the first. Also, one thing I picked up on—he's the first guy that played in Hershey that didn't bring up Hershey. 
Wow. Never, yeah, yeah I, and I, that was later yeah. in his career. But uh, yeah. uh, I've always kept. He was on loan to Hershey I, uh, during I the lockout, right? Ca- I always keep an inventory because uh, Hershey is one of those places where people are like, oh, I didn't think I'd end up there, but I that loved it. Or, that would have been a good uh, question. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. The only reason I think we didn't is because I was going chronologically in my yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We'd have and, to have him here for three or four hours. And yeah, and then I was like, okay, so in my mind, the next stop in my head was Edmonton, yeah. 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 and then it would have been Anaheim. And in those places, Sheldon ended up getting hurt. I didn't feel there was as much interesting. Talk. Well, no, no. I, I just kept, it's, I kept it's all three of us. But you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. with a guy like Sheldon, I'm, I'm going in my head, and you're right. You want to play the hits. You don't want yeah. to. That, you know that's what I mean? why I yeah. should. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You, you want to play the hits. You don't but want to the, talk about the throwaway. Was, and was that what you were piping in to say? Because I kept no, forgetting. No, I was going to bring okay. up. I, he he got. I didn't to mean it to cut you off. No, no. Okay. He, he got to it anyway. I, I was going to bring up what the just the personnel that he went into in that jersey era like the and he, he went yeah. right to it a second after yeah uh, he, it, Ken, uh, Danico Stevens all those guys and I was just going to ask him what was it like going into camp with those guys and he yeah, brought it up he brought it up going into camp out of shape in front of those guys <laughs> we got there we got there was a the whole thing yeah, yeah true enough and yeah. that, those were some great Lamorello stories but uh, I take that as you know, you can. He was an investment. Lou, good, yeah. Lou saw yeah, a lot a in thing. him. Probably what Sheldon seen himself. Knew how to play him too. Yeah, and sure. he was an investment, and he knew what it took. I mean, it's no accident he ended up saying, "Oh no, you stay in a hotel and we'll pay for it." That's because Lou wanted eyes on him. Yeah, that's you know, Lou, yeah. and that's that's. I can totally see it, and I, I know where Lou was coming from. Yeah. Sheldon was a bit of a loose cannon. Sheldon was no different than a lot of players in a lot of ways, and he wasn't out there uh, being a total maniac. But Sheldon had a tendency to be lazy. He can t- he, he tell you that. Like, I mean, early on, again, I'm not cutting him up. Uh, I, I, I am cutting him up. I'm not cutting him up on purpose. What I'm saying is that this all channeled into ended up being a good thing. Yeah. If Sheldon never came out of it, I just wouldn't bring it up. And I'd yeah. say, oh, he's a good guy. He's yeah. not necessarily you know lazy. But yeah. he was at times. And oh, Lou oh, saw he, that. He had mentioned it himself. But I, yeah. I, I think that was, you know, that just goes to the testament that hey we got this guy we can get him in the third round you know yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know and hey i think if we do this the, and that's what lou lamarillo and you is. know what? we do this 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 and this yeah and, you know a little bit of luck a lot of work and we keep an eye on him he's going to be an nhl player and he's going to yeah. be consistent nhl player on a blue line that was fucking insane mind you like, yeah. look at where he was like the, the, that devil's era like that was defense hockey. That was like capital D defense mm. hockey. It was a neutral zone trap, the oh, birth of yeah. it, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I, I cursed yeah, them that's to this the other thing. <laughs> they, they saw him as a big, tough oh, yeah. defenseman. Oh, fuck yeah. So I, I don't even, I, I don't, you know, if a guy gets, or if a team gets rid of a player that you see that coming, you'd be like, oh, what a shitty trade, but... I just don't think that anybody saw that coming. It's funny um, how he blew up as an offensive force yeah. at the yeah. second he leaves New Jersey. Though. Yeah, as if those like their defensemen were fucking allergic to shooting the puck. Oh, well, hey man, it's <laughs> yeah. like anything. He had that cannon. I've often said it. I, it didn't. It surprised me. I guess that it worked out like that. But I, I don't want to say that. But I knew it. Sheldon had it in him. It, it still surprised me. You talk about the history of the Montreal Canadiens and the NHL. That's a That's long time. If he got ten, it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. But to get 26 or 27 goals and then to get 19 power play goals by, I mean, for a guy that was never dubbed as like a huge scorer in junior or anything, I mean, you know, that is, and I say it as much as it's an accomplishment as anything else. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. Look, you work hard, kids. Just like, say proof or poop is in the pudding. <laughs> poop, maybe. But I meant proof. Um it is. He worked hard. Like, yeah. Shell, I, I just remember he started as a three-back Big Mac of fucking meal eating. 
No, not Karen, you know, drinks every once in a while, good good teammate, but not necessarily hard worker, like us all in junior. But, yeah. you know, Sheldon, now where he is, I mean, fuck me. The guy looks five years younger uh, than he is. He's uh, in great shape. He's got a great mental. And, you know, Sheldon was also never, in my mind, when I played with him, uh, a substance abuser. He just came out and talked about a little bit of painkiller problem he had recently. You know, his dad passed away. That's why I asked him those questions. Um, and, you know, that's... He, I read that in an article, so I'm not selling him out by saying that. But Sheldon wasn't... Don't confuse that with, like, a booze and everyday kind of guy. Sheldon was like me. A good time. Go out. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, extend the night a little bit. Maybe come in oh, five minutes late. But he wasn't, like, boozing every day. Sheldon would be the type to go, ah, oh, maybe I'll have another Big Mac. You know, that kind of <laughs> thing. It was just... A, it, he was a jovial <laughs> presence. He was... Yeah. You know, like, Sheldon, I mean it. Yeah. Especially in Quenelle, like... Sheldon was 220. It looked good on paper, but, you know, a lot of that was baby fat on his stomach, and he didn't do anything to stop that. Jovial uh, is a hell of a He was. That was there. it. He, he just, he was, uh, he'd take over the dressing room with. Uh, Big Macs. A, a lot of it was leadership, but he just, you know, you're not pushed. In Quinell, I mean, it was a job not, to, you know, we had to convince ourselves, you know, we had to stick together and, and hang out just not to be on dope every day. I mean, a lot of people, I know that dope, I mean weed for the most part. But you know that we had to keep ourselves out of our own way a lot. Your own voices, and yeah, yeah, and you know, so while we thought we were doing a good job, you know, you were still you might not go out that night, yeah. but you know, having fucking two large pizzas between you is probably not a good thing either. We just didn't take. I don't think we knew how to be pros. And if I learned anything from Sheldon's conversation is that there were two or three times in there that he learned how to be a better pro. Yeah. And most of the time it was Lou Lamorello telling him that. So Yeah, you know. and that's what yeah, he, you heard him say that like he yeah, doesn't he there's, there's no one he respects more than Lou Lamorello because of the way Lou just was yeah. so straightforward and so blunt and and just, you know, got those turnaround moments yeah. out of Guys, him. you think it's the same chair that follows him around? He just goes and gets a new high leather back chair every time he gets a new job. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to hope it's Th the, Those are the things I wonder about. I, I, I would like to think that it's an heirloom quality <laughs> chair yeah, and that he's oh, just yeah, keeping I'm, the like, chair through. Obviously, like, that's, this is something you'd see on the set of a movie based in the 50s. I just, kind of, I just kind of think of going to see Lou Lamarillo the way uh, Seinfeld always portrayed George Steinbrenner. Like, I kind of... Oh, like, no, I always much just, more I always, intense. I always just picture, like, the little George... Oh. George Costanza guys going in, but it's like six four hockey no, players. Or, it's, you know, it's I've always go pictured, ahead, yeah, I've always pictured it exactly how Surrey said. It's like you're sitting there and he doesn't speak for fucking yeah. twenty minutes. I've yeah. always pictured that, like getting someone to his office. It's like the principal's office, only you're a grown man and you're twice as fucking yeah. terrified. Yeah, pretty much everything he said wasn't a surprise. <laughs> yeah, none of it was all, a real surprise. I'm I don't glad know. he told us. I don't I know. The one that shocked me was the idea of all the boys out working out with the medicine balls and stuff and Lam. Morello just shirtless on the sidelines. I don't know where I read that, but I heard that story because he mentioned two of the guys came straight over yeah. from from Europe, and I don't know where I read it. it might have been like a Players Tribune article of a retiring guy yeah, yeah. or something. But one of the two guys didn't have any athletic stuff, and yeah. he ended up having to run in like black dress That's socks. Wild. Um, and you know what, guys? I'm going to replace the word. I shouldn't say that Sheldon was lazy at times. He said that, but that's not the right word. It's complacent. That's the word. Yeah. Sheldon would get complacent. if He would, he would be comfortable, and then all of a sudden, you know, he'd come up with a goal and say, I can get 20 goals, and he would do it. So Sheldon was a doer. It's just that, you know, because 
again, Sheldon was coming from not expecting to ever play a game in the NHL. That when he gets there and he's a regular, you know, you tend if that's in your nature, you tend to get complacent. You're comfortable with it until someone pushes and said, "Not only are you an NHL, you could be better, motherfucker." Yeah. And you know, whatever I got to do to do this. So, uh, yeah, lazy is the wrong word. You don't you don't even get anywhere that he was played being lazy. You don't even get to Tri City being lazy. Uh, but, you know, complacency is a different story, and, and uh, you know, we all got our traits, right? One of Lou's uh, trademark catchphrases, safe as death. That's one of his. Uh, so complacent, safe, yeah. safe as death. Makes sense. Maybe that's yeah. why he took such a uh, interest in Sheldon. Yeah. We, got any, we got any hot takes? We got to take it to the tweets? I Well, we had, you know, uh, one that we talked about that we said we weren't going to talk about because we talked about it a lot, and I didn't have anything else. Oh, I you didn't have anything else? Because we, we decided on late, but I will say something uh, uh-huh. that, that came up uh, during the show is at the same time we got the punchline to the Radic Bonk story is the same time that Dally scored in overtime to give the Cataracts uh, the herder. So congratulations to Grand Falls Windsor Cataracts. Yeah. Nice. Congrats, uh, guys. They won that one. They tied it up with less than a minute left to send it to overtime, oh. and they won it in overtime. So uh, I had that going on one screen while we were uh, while we were watching the uh, Penns Islanders going on Can another. We just talk and, about how well behaved I was, not like talking about the Penns Islanders game. I was impressed. Uh, yeah, I was impressed, okay, but I mean, I there asked. wasn't a whole lot for to talk about. Well, it was just, there was a lot. Leo Komarov roofed one. I'll yeah. say, uh, um, yeah. as far as the herder. Uh, it's not a surprise. Grand Falls won. I'm glad Southern Shore got a game and they went over to OT. Yeah. Two games. So that's pretty good. Um, and, and I mean that because mm-hmm. traditionally the West uh, here in Newfoundland, the West League's been better. I'm not going to spend too much time because a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about. It's the kind of the it's it's senior hockey. The the end goal would be the Allen Cup. So the Newfoundland version uh, being the herder, oldest trophy we got, one of them. Just finished today. So hats off to the Grand Falls Cataracts. Not a surprise. It's Kamloops or uh, Kamloops was the best organization i thought in junior as far as like the combination of fans prospects wins all those things uh, city i think grand falls is the equivalent on a senior hockey level just love the place they have n- over 900 season ticket holders which is fantastic it's no surprise they won the allen cup in 2016 and they're up to their winning ways again so to my good buddies uh the grand falls cataracts most of them are uh you know congrats guys and uh, maybe see you next year yeah, and uh, and one thing I'll, I'll mention to you uh, while we're congratulating the Cataracts on the Herder, a couple weeks back, uh, the Royals won the the Gorman is the... Yeah. And uh, it was just after we had uh, Darren Colburn on the show. Uh, yeah, he coached. Dar- he's, he's a coach involved with that, so congratulations to those guys as well. It was around the same time, I think, that... Uh, that was, I think, the same weekend that the the West and the East, like, each of the... Like, it was set that it was going to be Cataracts yeah. breakers, I think, was around well, the same the, time. Well, so. Cornerbrook are just level down, that's all. And they choose to have, like... Uh, there's for, for, for different reasons, um, I guess it would be considered senior B, which yeah, is still yeah. a great level. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting, they all go out through, they get lots of fans. I mean, what do you want, right? So, uh, Cornerbrook, I believe, beat uh, Porter Basque in the final. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hockey's hockey. If you sell it out and you got some good fans and everybody enjoys it, why not, right? But uh, So, the Cornerbrook Royals, I think eventually you might see come into the Newfoundland Senior Hockey League again. Yeah, I'd love uh, to see him back. I, I think, you know, uh, senior in, in Newfoundland is such a... I mean, like you say all the time, it's such a strong uh, league going. There's so many great teams. The the, the compete level, uh, the skill level is, is uh, you know, it's it's up there, and it's great to watch that kind of hockey and to have those small towns, like, you know, have some, like to be in Grand Falls, Windsor, on a on a Saturday night when the cats are in town and flying, it's it's fun. All right, it's I the only hat, ticket I in town. It's great. I got a hot take. Okay. All right. So this is going to be dropping on Tuesday like all the episodes. All right. By the time, if you listen to this episode on Wednesday, that Tampa series is going to be tied up. 
All right. There it is. I don't think that's much of a hot take. I don't think that's much of a hot take either. Well, fuck you both. How about that? No, it's true. I know what you're saying, but it's easy for me to sit here. Back back on the road for fuck's sake. Earlier, but I think I think you misunderstood me earlier. Earlier, when I said that you know analytics, uh, Tampa is still way better than Columbus. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I I think the reason Columbus is up is emotion, uh, a large part, and I think it's the non-analytic stuff. But do I think Columbus are going to win the series? We never got there. You, You made these statements like you think me and Mike are saying. No, Columbus are definitely going to win. No, it was earlier you said it too. You dropped the bomb. You said, well, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them either. But I think they're playing it the best way they could. Like, I expected it to be 5 nothing, four straight games. So this is pretty, but Tampa are still Tampa, and now they get to fucking bond on the road. Yeah, but it's dangerous territory because if you lose one, the, the you know. Oh yeah, the, and, the, and I think the and I think the other thing is that this series, because it's that Tampa Bay team that had 128 points, and we're in the conversation of being one of the best regular season teams of all time. The fact that this series is two nothing the other way. And as definitively yeah. as it has been, is I think what is the greatest part about playoff fucking what, hockey. What do you think it's the biggest? That it's just it's up yeah. in the air. Anything can fucking happen over the course of seven games. I think I'm, the biggest backbreaker in the fucking world could be is if game uh, number three goes to like a double OT. Yeah, and Columbus gets a softy. What a fucking backbreaker! On I mean, Tampa that's the that case. That's that's whether whether it's the whether it's game two, the, you know game three when you're down two or whatever. Any game that goes. Into into overtime in the playoffs, yeah. and then you like you know that it's just it's devastating anyway. Anybody especially can win, when it's after, yeah. Anybody can win, and it's going to come down. Like it, the thing is with Tampa and Columbus, I think it's strange to say, but Tampa being so good, mm. still think they had the advantage. But it wouldn't surprise me. And the reason, Chuck, I'm saying it as well, I told you I got five hockey pools going. The only <laughs> players that I have in each pool. Are Tampa Bay and Winnipeg players, so I got to really hope for a major comeback. So even though, yeah, major at uh, Winnipeg, why? I I just thought Winnipeg underachieved all year. It didn't seem like they were in full gear, and I thought I they the, were the I, Vegas Knights this year. I, I thought had Winnip- the Blues. I had I, in, in our preview. In our preview show, I had Winnipeg going to the finals, and I, I did too. I had them winning the cup. And Jesus, they uh, they fell off a cliff, uh, yeah. and, and, and a, 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 a huge cliff at that. Yeah. I had St. Louis in five in my bracket, but uh, I also uh. had Tampa in five. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> Well, even the uh, the, Boston. But the other thing, I had, I lost. I don't know how much. Ten times my bet the other night. (laughs) I I had the Leafs. I I went on Bodog and I figured I'd cover myself. I knew I I thought the Leafs were going to win the first game. Well, just to be different, it was good odds. I can't yeah. say I guaranteed they were going to win, but I really felt strongly because everybody was picking Boston. So I picked tie after regulation, Leafs by one, Leafs by two, fifty bucks. So that final goal. But I was going to win if, if it was the Leafs by two. Yeah. Oh, I also had under 4.5. Yeah. So it was three to one, <laughs> and I had the Leafs by two. So these were astronomical odds. Yeah. So I threw 50 on one. It was $600. Uh, or maybe that was the combined. Anyway, I lost $650 on that goddamn empty net goal. And imagine this. I picked Toronto. But I lost because they won by too many. <laughs> Does that make any sense in any playoff era? Oh, that's in a any playoff era ever. 
So John Tavares' empty net goal cost you six hundred bucks. It did. Well, it fucking, cost. Yeah. Fucking bill him. He's good for it. Yeah. Fuck. Brutal. <laughs> Uh, I'll get, I'll get more of his sticks. Yeah. I'll get more of his sticks. My buddy Dave Roper is the equipment manager up yeah, there. Yeah, so. I'm not even joking. Send him an invoice from yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the least year. He can, least he can do is come on in the summer at this rate. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they'll be he'll be hopefully in town. He's supposed to be in town next oh, fall, right, yeah, for training Jesus. camp. We'll get him get him out then. Oh, I already got. I was going to say I already got his sticks. I went through the dressing room and took a couple. <laughs> you see that Bermuda fucking ball hockey tournament? That's a Tavares special. Holy fuck. The next time you're going up, can I give you a list? Can I, I give you a list of shit to get you know, from me? What happens is my buddy's the equipment, but they're, to be totally honest, they were used. So a lot of these guys being, they're free all the time. So they, they might use a stick for a game or two, and then they just put it in the you know, donation yeah, yeah. bin or whatever it might be. So... Rope, so rope it's, is it's less that you have a Tavares stick and more that you have a stick that should be used some stick. sick kids. Yeah, I have a used stick. Yeah. <laughs> I have a used stick. Yeah. Hey, not that I don't pay for it either in my own way. Rope Dog's a good buddy, and, we and the, you know, the boys are aware of it. Yeah. Um, oh, so you're not running in and, like, heisting these things. This isn't like me with a picture of Bob Cole no. at the curling club last night that I, I saw a picture of Bob Cole as president of the, of the St. John's Curling Club while I was there, and I plotted this big thing to steal it, and then I decided that the smarter the smarter thing to do was tell everybody I was going to so that drunk me couldn't. <laughs> like yes. I figured if I told everybody I was going to, then I couldn't actually do it later when I got drunk. Instead of Ocean's Eleven, it's Hoser Eleven. Yeah, and like so it. it's still there. It's still still hanging up in the curling club. Someone confirmed today that yeah, I did Yeah, you can be framed so easily, Mike. Oh, I, now, could go, yeah. I could go steal that tomorrow, and then, and then you're... Yeah, exactly. I know. Exactly. No, I also, I should say, rope give, you know, I come on, I, I never really want to talk about it, but seeing I said that, I should say I come home with at least 10 shirts for kids as well. Uh, there's a lot of uh, reasons, but uh, I've come in right starting when I got drafted. I've worked with uh, various organizations, for example, the uh, head mental health Newfoundland. Uh, so often I'll come back with people ask for stuff for donations and that, and uh, I hate being approached for money so much on Facebook. You know, you think it's a buddy that you wanted to talk to after 20 years, and he's like, "Hey, by the way, do you have this? Do you have Ron McLean's number? Do you have Don Cherry's number? Do you have?" So I try to bring these things back, pick my own charities, bring them down to Janeway, for example. Show up with a shirt yourself, signed by Wendell Clark or John Tavares or Austin Matthews. And the kids fucking love it. So Rope knows that. If it was just for me, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm not just saying that because I'm on the air. Mm. People that know me know it. Hey, Tier, uh, I've got a question. Mm. Do you have Ron McLean's number? <laughs> yeah, you're not getting it. <laughs> you boys, you wouldn't believe it. Other than I don't want to sell people out, you wouldn't believe the messages I get. Do you know how many times a week I get asked for Jason Momoa's number? Oh, I would imagine many. I'd say... F five of which by Surrey? Not, <laughs> yeah, not less than a half dozen... In a week, in a year maybe, at oh. least a year. Oh, yeah, or, or at least something from him. Hey, Terry, it's the so-and-so society. Just wondering if your friend's in town. Well, who? Who's my friend? Jason, uh, just wondering if he wanted to drop by and we were going to give him a free shirt. If he stays, where, and then there's if what? Yeah. If he stays, in the, and th this is the thing. I nor Jason are adverse to charity work, at, really, at all. And that guy's one of the most charitable people I know with his time, with his money, with everything. But to look down at your inbox and to see 78 messages in a row of someone wanting something yeah. gets, and I only got a glimpse of it. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying me, I'm saying him. 
Um, but I'll, although I do get that between tickets and people's numbers and everything else, because a lot of people see me as a contact machine. You know how many times a week I get asked to do these fucking pyramid schemes? Because people see it, <laughs> yeah. right? They're like, oh, Terry got a lot of contacts. If there's yeah. anything I'm known to have these contacts that sit there that might be of the celebrity status. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's why I know them. Like, I'm, a lot of them, I'm not on their level. I'm not on the fucking level Ron McLean is. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Even Surrey, Jason Momoa, but they're my buddies, and they might like hockey, and they might like about a book, and, you know, I'm acquaintances with them, and some of them I'm friends with, but that's the reason I'm friends with them, because I don't ask them for their fucking time all the time. You know, a lot of people, they won't say it. Ron would never say it, but, you know, when I'm with Ron and we go to eat or we go... You know, the, there's something to be said for that. Like every, pe all people want, can I have, can I have, can I have, can I have a picture, can I have, a, and you know, these guys are great with it. And that's being a leader too in another way. Ron, I don't know how the fuck he does it. Um, he, he, he doesn't complain ever. He never has. I'm not uh, shitting you when I say this. And he makes, he, he'll do what he can for everybody. He'll sign every last autograph if there's fucking 10,000 people. I've seen him do it. Yeah. He yeah, was down at I mean, the hometown great. hockey at Kitty Vitty and I just saw like him swarmed. And I did yeah. a lap and went around and looked at all of the things, and I went back, and he was still fucking swarmed. And I did another lap and all of that. And I was he'll, like, wow, this he'll guy say, is, Terry, if that's the price, and, you then, and, and then you got back and you said, okay, fuck this, enough of it, and pushed all the kids aside, and we're like, run. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> and that's why I Terry won't give you his fucking number. Them. No, <laughs> I just say, I just be sending them resumes. Yeah. Do you need an assistant? He'll say, if that's the price you pay, then yeah. you know I'm rich with my time, and I'm glad about that. Well, Again, that's, that's great. He, that's the way he is. And when I say he, it's Ron, but. I don't mean to be sitting here and complaining about it, but you can imagine, guys, and I, we also, we pick charities. There's, there's yeah. what, What's the definition of charity? I'd much rather people give their time. I always have. I hate seeing that Facebook man. Hey, buddy, haven't seen you in a while. Do you have $350? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but but when there's a personal, you know, or or, you know, if it's, Alan Hawke or something, and he loves the Leafs, and he's going to say, hey, T-Bone, next month, you know, may, I'm going to a Leaf game. Uh, you know, mine, uh, I'll give you some signed Republic of Doyle stuff for your parents or your, or your... You know, there's ways to do it. Yeah. There's ways to butter people up, but I just find in, in Jason's world, uh, you know, I was his personal assistant for a little while. I've never seen anything like it, guys. I've never seen anything like so, it. Uh, all I'm picturing is like, hey, Terry, can we get a shot of Jason eating some fries outside of the truck and put yeah, it on our anything. side? People have asked me for... <laughs> Guys, multiple people have asked me for his underwear and not and, and been totally Holy serious. Totally serious. Fuck. Totally multiple. serious. Multiple. But you got to think motives, right? So you're thinking multiple, and some of them are guys because they sell sell them on eBay for ten thousand dollars, right? There's that going on. I don't. I don't think they're going to make love with the underwear. But that that I get a lot of that, man. You I got, there's a lot on box. For, I, here. When I say oh, I get a lot of it, I'm saying when I was Jason's assistant. People aren't asking me that shit. How the fuck were you going to get Jason like Momoa's drawers in the first place? Just grab them. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm his assistant. I'm in his bedroom. Like, you know, I'm not sleeping in there, but I got to go into like, you know, we went to UK. Well, there's anytime you got access to somebody. We went to the UK together. We're staying in the same hotel. I'm not saying that I, I'm going to fucking consider it, but this is what pops into people's minds. Wow. You got to realize a lot of people. He's got like. 10 million Twitter followers. I'm not even saying and a lot of them. He's not even on Twitter. That's the best yeah. part. Is like he's got a Twitter account, doesn't use it at no. all, and still has like a fucking million Right, so people. on Instagram, yeah. like we, yeah. I, a lot of these, I'm not talking about people that I know. The vast majority aren't, but there are people I know like around here that if I told you, you would be surprised, yeah. saying like, do you mind if Jason comes by the school for six hours today to talk to the kids? But he maybe asked for a half hour. Maybe, maybe start a fucking half hour. 
You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're not charitable or anything. It's just a lot of... And, and Jason, I've never seen anything like it. I was getting a mass amount of messages for everything. For Terry, can you clip some of his hair? We're down a phys ed teacher, and the sub list is light. What's yeah. Jason at yeah. today? Hey, man. Fuck's <laughs> it. I'm well, we have serious. gone off the rails here. Well, now, that's We have just... gone completely off the rails. People so, yeah. are, talk, people uh, are asking uh, people to steal underwear and Yeah, sell that, I'm still kind of hung up on that one. That oh, one, I, got a, I got a lot of questions. Boy. Yeah, um, I, guys, I wouldn't even know. I'd have to sit here and think about, like, every day, but that was next level you get fat you know yeah. you talk game of thrones yeah right so oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting game of thrones right. fans yeah. yeah sending me messages like when i was working with him he was my personal assistant it was the hardest thing was going <laughs> was through it? oh you sorry were his personal oh my god <laughs> dyslexia <laughs> dyslexia that'd, that'd be fucking amazing when i was Ooh. his assistant i mean like but just i think what you're blown away by is i say i get these messages getting three or four i was getting like 300 messages a day like at least sometimes a thousand, mm. I, because I don't have a closed account, right? So, because I got it out there, because yeah. for me, it's I'm in the middle. I'm not a celebrity or anything, but around here, I got enough Montreal Canadiens fans. I got enough people that follow the book, and it helps me to put myself out there. Yeah, and I got my email. I even got my phone number on Facebook, like I, you know, because it doesn't get too crazy with me. But with Jason. Right, so people couldn't get to Jason, but they then quickly found out who's that guy with him, who's that guy, who's that guy with no yeah. tooth? Is that a hockey player? Which hockey player? Right, and then, you know, all of a sudden, I got fucking hundreds of messages in my inbox, and a lot of them, yeah, can I have his toenails? Can I have? Oh yeah, a lot of people. This oh, is man. this is I got a wow. This is the most but bonkers. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, this transcends hockey or, nah, or yeah, movies. Yeah. Or anything. You're talking about in a world of... You don't even have to say celebrity. Yeah. In this world of social media and instant gratification and, you know, an autograph means I'm famous. If I get his autograph, not me, I'm just saying these people, mm. they, they want, you know, their picture. They want... What can I do? One guy, man, sent me a message and he said, just tell me where you are at any point in time. I'm from Detroit. And he said, I'll fly in. You don't even have to say. He offered me... Well, I... I'm not going to say who it is. So, yeah, I, I was offered $500 to just say, this is where I'm going to be in two days with Jason Momoa. And we're definitely going to be here. And that was it. The guy said, when I get there, I'll track him down. You just tell me. And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I was like, I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> is he going to assassinate oh. him? Or like, no, it's just, just really creepy. I showed Jason. Me. I showed Jason. I'm like, there's, he goes, yeah. What? I said, what? Isn't that weird? He goes, what the fuck? Do you think I expect you to take the money? Of course you didn't take the money. I'm like, no, but do you think it's weird that people are offering me money for that? <laughs> like, but no, it's just totally, you know, I showed him all that stuff. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, it's normal. So his normal is. Also, yeah, like that's, he's in a world where that's his normal. Yeah. But fuck. Okay. Wow. That is something else. Uh, we have, once again, I, I stress, we have gone off the fucking rails. A little bit, a little bit. If anybody's oh, what are you going to do? It's a talk show. We talk. Yeah. <laughs> we do that for sure. Oh, and yeah. you know what? We're going to come back and do it again next week, and we're going to talk at you about hockey. Hopefully uh, not used drawers next week. Hopefully a little light on the used <laughs> drawers. Yeah. You know what? How about this? We touched on it. Next week, I'll try to come in with the best with my top ten messages and stories from Jason Momoa. How's that? I love it. When yeah, I I'm a big, I big look forward to big, that big top 10 guy and uh so in, in the meantime if you do want to you know find us all on social media i'm at hickey comma mike i'm at smokes and doors and i am also confused <laughs> i'm uh, terry ryan 20 
on one and Terry Ryan 2020 on the other, Twitter and Instagram. I'm not sure which. It's Instagram is 2020 because it's okay. like vision. That's how I remember it. Okay. It's Instagram's 2020. Terry Ryan 2020. Because it's a visual medium. That's how I remember that one when I have to. And it's weird that I remember it better than you do now at yeah, this point. Yeah, I know. It is weird. <laughs> but uh, thanks, everybody. And keep listening to At 3 in My Podcast. And, of course, now you can find us at 3inmypodcast.com. And you can buy some stuff, hopefully, and, and you, if you like it and all those things. And we'll be back next week to talk at you about Hockey Go. Why do you hang around with the worst crowd, the worst crowd, the worst crowd?